Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey, this is Jordy Collada from The Jordy Collada Show. Our podcast daily is brought to you by RMB Builders. Give Reb Bourgeois a call today. He is a custom home builder offering both new construction and can remodel in the Baton Rouge area and surrounding areas. They are licensed for commercial and residential construction. They can also handle your office renovation or building maintenance. They're online at rmb-builders.com. They're on Instagram and Facebook at RMB Builders, LLC. Rhett Bourgeois and RMB Builders bringing you the Jordy Collada podcast. Welcome into a Monday edition of the Jordy Collada Show presented by Go Chevrolet right here from the undisclosed location. Tons to get to on this Monday morning, even though it feels like we were just here. Yesterday, the, the weekends fly by. Yeah, it's, it's like the weekends minutes. It's like a lunch like, break. It's unbelievable how fast they go. Uh, but back with you here on this Monday morning, we're going to talk basketball with John Brady coming up here at uh, at 7.30 this morning as Coach Brady will stop by and we'll talk everything Sweet 16, Elite 8. We'll talk about some jobs opening and closing within college basketball. The University of Texas, they have a job opening right now. Chris Beard. One of John Brady's favorites seems to be the tabbed next hire for uh, for the Longhorns. And uh, we'll talk to Coach Brady about that job. Some of the things from over the weekend, like UCLA moving on and shocking Alabama last night. The stats coming out of the Alabama game for the Crimson Tide as they join history in the tournament on the bad side. We'll catch you up coming up inside of the Jordy Colada Show. Also going to talk to Derek Stingley Sr. coming up here in an hour as Coach Sting is here every weekend or every Monday. Uh, and he'll recap the weekend as LSU football had their uh, their second scrimmage over the weekend. And we will uh, we'll ask him about some of the other new hires. We've talked to him about Durante Jones. We'll ask him some about the, uh, the new hires over at LSU football. So that coming up here. On, uh, on the latest of the Jordy Collada show and a lot of sports news to get to. Walker Howard was working out at a Elite 11 camp, got his official invitation over the weekend. Marcus Lattimore in some trouble in the NFL. Some huge trades as the uh, the 49ers sent shockwaves through the uh, the NFL draft, jumping up into the top three. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. And we, uh, we'll also talk about some... Uh, uh, some uh, some of the NFL draft stuff coming up, and LSU baseball struggling over the weekend as the Tigers drop three to uh, to Tennessee. Everybody looking to fire Paul right now on uh, on social media. <laughs> uh, how was everybody's weekend? Got a full crew here. Nikki's back. What's Lizzie's that? here. 
Uh, Katie's here. How was the weekend? Good. Just kid stuff. Baseball yeah. tournaments, track meets, you know. Baseball Couldn't tournaments. Couldn't even keep up with all the news. Y'all make me enjoy my weekend so much more. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get that snip now. <laughs> best, best, uh, best birth control out there. Come to the uh, come to the gym with me one weekend. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Welcome to it. Um but it, it was lot. great. Uh, it was great for us. I mean, I was the same way. I mean, yeah. I didn't. I didn't have a chance to keep up with a lot of the sports news that was happening. There was a ton. There really was going on. A lot going this on. weekend. Arik Gilbert was back in town on a recruiting visit for uh, for LSU, in which a lot of people uh, around the facility and around the team feel like they're in a really good spot to uh, to get Gilbert back in Baton Rouge. Uh, that the Sweet Sixteen, the Elite Eight, uh, obviously, but. Uh, with, with kids and everything going on, you kind of look up and it's Sunday night at six yeah, o'clock. I, I mean, it's it's nuts. It's, it's like a lunch break, bro. Um, wait, wait, why 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 so much? Uh, why, why your weekends flying by? Yeah, it's just it's just like <laughs> yeah, we're like what are y'all doing? The, <laughs> the single college man over there. Tell us about himself busy. Like, it works like eighty hours <laughs> yeah, a week. I, I, mean, I meant from a marriage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, I, I've got uh, where to cover where to cover your tracks. I didn't say that. Wasn't me. Love you, babe. Uh, no, the um, just just graduating in a month. You know, tons of work. I've got Ooh. working on a capstone project for BASF, uh, doing some PR for them. Yeah, is graduation in a month. Yeah, this seventh. semester is going to be it's over in a April. month. And I have a fifth grader, bro. Nick's college career is much different than mine. High <laughs> oh wow, that is reality check. That is a reality check. Know, You're going to have a high schooler. I don't, I don't even know why I brought it up. Um, it, 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 will, it will fly by. Um, yeah, no, it will. Know. It will. Went and talked, like, speaking of high school, went and talked to my high school this past week. And, um, I know. A bunch of seniors good. just getting they, they're getting ready for college. It's like, dude, you you thought high school was fast? College is, like, 20 times faster. Yeah. Because you're on your own, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so lots to get to over the, uh, over the next two hours here on the Jordy Collada Show. Remember, every single day we are driven by Go Chevrolet, our friends over there, Lee Carney, Nick Richard, the entire crew. Make sure and stop in and see them in Laplace as uh, as he will uh, as those guys will take care of you, uh, get you into a brand new model, a used model. And speaking of used, they are opening up their used car lot here in Baton Rouge on Thursday, April first. They will open up their brand new uh, Go Chevrolet Premium Auto uh, used car lot on Florida Boulevard. Uh, Lee Carney is actually going to stop by here. Uh, on their grand opening day to tell our audience about it and how you can uh, you can stop it and see them. But go Chevrolet every day. Every day our coffee is brought to you by Majestic Coffee and anybody that we talk to on the phone lines, which will be John Brady and Derek Stingley Sr. today, uh, they will be brought to you by Metropolitan Health Group, Real Doctors, Real Solutions over there with Jason Ramazan and uh, and Charlie Harvey. Uh, Lee Gilly asks inside the huddle, will Rick uh, Gilbert, can he, uh, can he play Im- immediately inside of the bunker? <laughs> Lloyd, thank you. <laughs> yeah, Monday. Um, he will not. He will have to be. A, he will have to sit out, um, being that he left the program, uh, coming back to the program, re-enrolling, uh, going through the entire process again. Uh, he will have to sit out, which is probably best case scenario for him. How long do you have to sit out? A season. Oh, just a season. Okay, season. Um, he, he'll miss a, a a year of eligibility, and you'll be able to redshirt him, so he won't be a, he won't lose the on the field season, but he will be eligible for the draft after next year. So, he, you know, the way that the NFL draft rules work is that you have to be three years removed from your high school graduating class. So whether he takes the red shirt or whether, you know, he's going to have to take the red shirt from the playing standpoint, uh, but missing this season 
will still count towards that year of 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 the NFL rule of making him eligible to be drafted uh, by the league three years after graduating high school. Wait, so that's after this coming season. No, this would be seasons? his. This would be his second year out, okay. but he will not be able to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, he will be eligible to play next season, but he will also be eligible to be drafted after that after, after that, that year. Okay. Um, which look, man, whoever can get Arik Gilbert back on the track of of taking care of of his mental health and his personal needs first and you know ancillarily that producing this football player which you know just turn on the highlights uh, of the way that he ran through 5A Georgia football and, and Georgia from a state standpoint when you're talking about prospects high school recruiting is very comparable to Louisiana Per capita, you're looking at the numbers. They have a really big city like Atlanta, New Orleans. It's comp, but even the the, the outlying areas like Marietta, where Arik Gilbert is from, you know, produces these guys that are the number one recruits in the country. Uh, Cam Newton is 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 out of a you know a small you know right out of a small town uh, outside of Atlanta, um, but just they have players. A lot of it's very high end football in in the state of georgia and gilbert was the best to come out of there and whoever can get him right as far as his his mental health goes and then taking care of what what would happen after that and producing the football player he's going to be potentially a top 10 pick i mean from a talent standpoint it's definitely there he was just he he was in a situation where he was away from home for the first time dealing with some mental issues that he was diagnosed with in in high school and and not uh, you know a lot of people around him in Baton Rouge had a grip on that. I think a lot of people now have an understanding of 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 some of the issues that that Arik Gilbert was dealing with in his first season. And and it's nothing it's nothing to laugh at. You know, it's nothing to from a from a fan standpoint. Sure, you want to see him out on the field, um, but you also have to understand that. You know, it's a young man that has to take care of of some things mentally before he can even. To start thinking about football, um, and I think that process is happening. So, so to answer Lee's question, who's inside the bunker, and we appreciate everybody's interaction. Make sure you like, you share, you comment on what's happening here. Whether you're on Facebook, you're on YouTube, you're on the uh, the Jordy Colada Show uh, webpage, which JordyColadaShow dot com uh, is where you can find us there, and you can check out the audio uh, and check out the video. But Gilbert will have to miss uh, one season of uh, of playing before he can be. He can be eligible to play next year. Um, before we get into baseball, we've got a, t- we've got a, t- uh, a text into uh, Wilson Alexander, who covers uh, LSU baseball for the Advocate, to see if we can't get him on uh, at some point over the uh, the new uh, the new uh, over the the uh, the next two hours to talk about what happened uh, with uh, with LSU over the weekend with Tennessee, as the Tigers just struggled tremendously. Uh, o for three swept. Uh, they were swept in some emotional fashion as yesterday. Uh, in the bottom of the eighth inning, uh, Tennessee took a 3-2 lead uh, earlier in the day. Uh, LSU was finishing the Saturday game uh, in which uh, the Vols came back to win on a, on a home run swing in the bottom of the 11th inning that lifted Tennessee to a 9-8 win. So LSU falls to 1-5 in the conference right now. Uh, they returned to action on Tuesday night versus South Alabama. Uh, A.J. Labus played pretty well. Uh, yesterday in the final game, but uh, LSU just couldn't close it out. Their bullpen again uh, let them down. We'll uh, we'll see if we can't get some reaction from Alexander uh, coming up here before we get out uh, at 9 a.m. But reacting to a lot of the basketball 
uh, that was happening. And, and the Paul Maneri show will, will, will debut tonight. Uh, oh, that's we got a uh, optics. Uh, no, it, it, I mean, it happens every year. Um, you know, every year the, the coaches show originate um, Ogeron, Maneri, uh, Will Wade, Nikki Caldwell uh, from TJ Ribs. Uh, and this is kind of the turnover from basketball to baseball season. Okay. And tonight will be his first show. Pitchforks uh, are out. Which <laughs> is, is, is not ideal from, just from a... Just on the just radio. On radio okay. uh, for, but from a... a, a <laughs> for, from a PR standpoint for Paul Maneri, this is not the day that you want to open up the phone lines to be taking questions from LSU oh, baseball fans. Guy. You think he looked at the counters like, uh, oh, God damn it. <laughs> I mean, what tonight? He was probably like... <laughs> He was probably briefed on the way home exactly. from Tennessee yeah, by exactly. Frank as. By the way, Monday. Hey, uh, hey Coach, I, uh, I hate to remind you, but uh, tomorrow after practice, I'm going to have to get you over to TJ Ribs for your call-in show. They got 50% attendance. God damn it, Bill. <laughs> We're skipping this week. Well, it's in your contract. You can't, you, you, you can't do that. Uh, it, it's it, it's going to be interesting. Make sure we're monitoring. Yeah. The, uh, the pulmonary <laughs> show for sound bites. Might be some bites. For sound bites tonight. Can you go there and like sit yeah. around and watch yeah, it? Yeah. Happen? That's yeah. why he's really not looking forward to it. Yeah. 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 You can have you can have uh the people it, go and questions like, from the crowd. Act Absolutely. Rude. They act uh no, I don't think that people act act rude. I think that you know, the people that are showing up for the coaches show yeah. are the one percenters. I mean, those are the ones that it doesn't matter who's the coach, what the record is, yeah. who they're playing, they're gonna show up. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's usually not the crowd that that will be hostile. Now I will say this: there were times late in Les Miles's tenure and early on in Ogeron's tenure where there were some questions from the crowd that were very poignant and direct in "What the hell's going on?" Oh, type really? tone. Does anyone like do anything about that? Does anyone... I think if it if it was to ever get to a point of name calling or cursing or something that was out of line you would see uh you would see somebody step in but from a public relations standpoint you you got to remember i mean lsu would almost look um publicly if they were to step in and try to take that that opportunity or that chance away from a fan because that's what you're that's what you're allowing yeah you know that's what that scene calls for and i don't think that when you when when you when you're you know talking in the in a in a back room or you're talking in an office and trying to set that atmosphere up, you're 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 always talking about the positive atmosphere that that will produce. You're always talking about people laughing and yeah. talking about football, and you got the coach there, and you can ask a question. But you also have to be prepared for if you know you're struggling, if there is some type of controversy. Yeah, for sure. What's the reaction going to be? And then how do you, the school, whoever's at the center of it, how, how do you govern that? How do you, how do you regulate that? Um, so I think that the only way that somebody would step in and say, hold up, hold up, you know, I mean, you don't want to give me that microphone back, um, is <laughs> if somebody started Lloyd. name calling or Richardson somebody. Lloyd on assignment. <laughs> yes. to these. Give me my beer and the microphone. <laughs> With the tie-dyed Jordy Colada yes, show shirt yes. on. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, whatever here, Paul. As right. Press. Right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so we will talk to Derek Stingley Sr. coming up here at uh, 8 a.m. and get the latest on what's going on with LSU football, what was going on over the weekend uh, as far as the scrimmages. But before we get there, we want to talk about uh, the, the, the basketball scene. Uh, and now that the, the, uh, the Sweet 16 has moved into the Elite Eight uh, and games are set 
uh, that start today. Uh, today you've got Oregon State taking on Houston in the early set at, at 6.15. Arkansas is taking on Baylor tonight at, uh, at 9 o'clock. On Tuesday, USC is facing Gonzaga, which from just a pure prospect standpoint, when you're talking about players on the floor, this is probably as, as close to an NBA comped game as you will find left in the tournament because there are just players on both sides. Of, look, there are players all over the Elite Eight. And, and, and that's what happens when you start to shrink down and find the best teams. You usually find the best players. But when you look at USC and Gonzaga on paper, this has got to be an NBA general manager's dream. I mean, to see these guys on the same court competing and going after a championship to a, you know, with a final four on the line. This is going to be some real, real, I mean, high, high basketball that we're uh, that that we'll be able to see over the next two days. In fact, uh, did you see the, uh, the the tweet that Ken Palm put out when you're matching up uh, Gonzaga versus USC? You're getting the number one two point percentage defense in USC versus the number one two point percent offense of all time. Oh my God, that's crazy! Of all time, oh my God, facing off against one another when these two teams match up. Tomorrow night in USC, Gonzaga. Now, I did see somebody come back and, and clarify the tweet that Gonzaga is the number one two-point offense of just this season. And all time, they rank third. Uh, but what, when you're talking about the defensive capability of a team like USC with, with the Mobley brothers, and, and specifically Evan, the big guy, I mean... Is he the number one pick? He's, he's making he's strong got to be the, How is he not the number one pick? I mean, th- th- there are pl- there are players and prospects that are that much better than that cat. I mean, I saw where he was projected at third. Who's better than him? I mean, he does everything. And I just think that USC, USC's got to be the scariest team left if you're an opposing coach just looking at the field. Like, ugh, I want to stay away from them. It's LSU kind of. Like, it does have an LSU it does feel. have an LSU feel. I just would rather not play them. Yeah, I don't want to see them. <laughs> I would just I would I would just kind of take another trail. Yeah, right. <laughs> I want to take another trail. I want to get out of here. Uh, they, they are very scary on paper, and then now, right now, I mean, like a couple of weeks back, if you were looked at this Gonzaga USC game, it probably wouldn't have moved the meter a lot. But now, when you look at these games that are left on paper, I can't wait. For the USC Gonzaga game, I mean, just with the amount of prospects on the floor alone, and look, I I think Andy Enfield's a great coach. Uh, Mark Few, I think, is is obviously one of the absolute deans of of college basketball, and what he has accomplished uh, at Gonzaga will will try to be replicated forever. Um, Who's your pick for the win? I mean, I, I got Gonzaga winning the whole tournament, and I think you know from from start to finish, from bell to bell, from you know where we've started to where we are now, Gonzaga has clearly, consistently been the best team. But look, Baylor is another one, another number one seed that that is playing right. But when you look at USC, Gonzaga on paper, I'll take the Zags just because that was my pick going in. I mean, who cares what I picked going in? I mean, the, the thing blew up after the first weekend, but not mine. I'm still number one. Wow. Dropped down to number two and then went back wow. to number one. What got you up to the back to the top spot? You don't even know. I guess you um, couldn't even explain it. I guess Arkansas. You guess Arkansas. Yeah. Wait, um, who beat Alabama? UCLA. Yeah. Which was, that was a my pick too. crazy game. That was March. Oh yeah. Right. That yeah. was March. And I want to talk to uh, I, I want to talk to Coach Brady about those end of the game scenarios on what you do there 
when you're down three, especially against a team like Alabama, do you foul? You know what I mean? Like, do you foul? I mean, like, that's Cron- what they were trying to do. I think they were trying to do that, but Cronin told he, he said that he told his team um, in, in the huddle, make sure you're not fouling somebody in the act of a shot to give them a three point opportunity. And the way that Alabama shoots it, that was such a clean look by Reese. I mean, the way that they moved the ball up the floor with passing and got that clean look, it was incredible. But check out this stat from Alabama last night. Going into the game, Nate Oates' team was hitting about 70%, over 70% of their free throws. They were also shooting about 35% from three-point range. Look, who knows that better than LSU, right? I mean, you've seen that up close. On Sunday, the Crimson Tide were 7 of 28 from behind the three-point line, and then a dreadful 11 of 25 from the free-throw line, including two enormous uh, misses with with, um, just about uh, in in the final minutes of regulation by Herb Jones that could have really sealed the victory for Alabama. Uh, It gave gave an opportunity to UCLA – uh, UCLA got a three-point lead and then got back into it, or excuse me, took the lead, and that then, then pushed it into overtime. Uh, but check out this from ESPN, and, uh, from ESPN Stats and Info. Yesterday for Alabama, the 11 of 25 mark from the free throw line. That's the worst free throw performance by a team to attempt at least 25 free throws in the NCAA tournament since Kansas went 12 of 30 in the 2003 National Championship game versus Carmelo Anthony and Syracuse in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome back in 03. I mean, you, you, that, that is the stuff that, if you're a coach, will keep you up all offseason. To, to go through a, a year where you've, you've got your roster right, right? Because this thing's about to turn over for Alabama. The, the rosters, of, I mean, you're going to lose some of these, 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 especially the upper-class guys like Petty, um, uh, you know, I mean, Jones was the SEC player of the year. He'll have a decision to make on whether he not, he comes back. Reese, the guy who hit the three-pointer, the transferred in. Uh, I mean, there's going to be a lot of turnover on Alabama's roster. So when you have a team like this that's built for March, I thought Alabama, from a SEC standpoint, when you looked at them, even when LSU got a, a an early look at them in January, um, I, I left the PMAC that night saying, wow, this team is built for March. They are built for the tournament to get out, run, hit shots. They can defend. They're just a very tough matchup. And then for you to play your worst game, worst game of the season, by, stre- by, by a huge stretch in the Sweet 16 is something that will keep Nate Oates up all off season. And I told Lloyd this, and, and Lloyd's actually the one that put me on it over the weekend. Uh, Oates was on, uh, on Pardon My Take. The uh, the great podcast up at Barstool, uh, with, with with Big Cat with, with with Big Cat and the crew and uh, Nate Oates was on uh, the latest. Pardon my take. And you know the thing that's great about that podcast is that they can work you into a a, a lather a lather where you're very comfortable <laughs> and you're talking about some things that you may not talk about in mainstream media. Uh, and they were talking to him about the end of the SEC championship game. In, in which he tells and looks at LSU's bench and tells them to get the bleep out of here, right? And it looks like it's, it's more aimed towards Will Wade. Um, and, and, and he goes in a little bit on that to give you an idea of, of just how intense 
that relationship is between LSU, Alabama, not only in football, but now in basketball, and specifically between Wade and Oates. Um, and, and Oates goes in a little bit on it and, and says, um, you know, we made sure and got our message across. We won the game. We won the game. And then he kind of gives you a little bit where he says, there's some stuff going on in the background there with, with, with them. And we made sure and we won the game. And, and, and Big Cat's kind of like letting him go, you know what I mean? But he's also, Oates is kind of like has this tone of, I don't want to talk about it, but he keeps talking about it. Right? Where it's like, hey, man, if you want to say something, go ahead. For sure. I mean, this is nobody's stopping you here. I don't see your sports information director around here. You know what I mean? Like, nobody's moving you away from the microphone. Um, but, but I thought he handled it well. And I said this to Lloyd. Um, and, and look, man, everybody knows where my loyalty is. Um, is, is that I, I, I love the leader of the LSU basketball program because of his mentality. He, he's not going to back down from anybody. He's going to recruit every player, and he believes that every, every player, uh, that LSU has a chance on every player and, and that the basketball program should be playing this weekend, which, look, I, I can get behind that. Nate Oates has a lot of that same piss and vinegar in him. I mean, he's got a lot of the ways in, in that, that Wade is, is built, and you can see why those two just, just butt heads, man. And, and I think a lot of the stuff that, that, that Oates is talking about that's happening behind the scenes um, is you know, specifically recruiting. You can go back to the Trendon Watford recruitment, uh, you know, which, which both sides were, were in, a, in a dog fight for, and LSU ended up winning out. Um, and I think that kind of set the tone of, of the relationship and kind of how it works now because uh, you can see that those two – um, I think uh, you know under underline they probably believe that they're they're the same person you know to, to a lot of degree in the way that they believe that the basketball program I mean Nate Oates you can hear him and it's a great interview as well I mean specifically he he talks in a in a small snippet about the way that that game ended and a little bit between the rivalry of LSU and Alabama on the floor now but he also talks about building his program and a lot of the ways that he's building it fundamentally are very similar to Wade. I mean, you know, I mean, they're going after high-end athletic guys. They're building their basketball program around the player. Everything's catered to the player. Everything, you know, that they do from a mental health standpoint to a nutrition standpoint is built in towards uh, helping the players. But uh, it's an interesting listen if you want to find it on, on the latest over at Barstool Sports. But really, the story of last night was UCLA, right? I mean, UCLA has gone from a, a, a pseudo-Cinderella story Right? I mean, just, what was it, 10 days ago they were playing in the first four? Yeah, against Michigan State. Michigan State was up like eight going into the half. Yeah, that's right. That's when Izzo went Izzo and then, on yeah, his play. I mean, everybody thought this would be the Michigan State run. Like, this is what they do. Just get them into the tournament. Then they win a couple of games. You, you blink, and they're in the Elite Eight. But UCLA has flipped the script, and they've done it. And when you watch them, I, don't, I still can't believe that they're in it. They're not that good. You know, they don't, they're not a team like USC where you're terrified to play them. It's just they keep winning. Well, I think when 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 you're terrified of playing because now they're believing. Oh, now they're in. Yeah, now, but I'm and, talking about your talent standpoint. Sure, absolutely. When you look on paper, I mean, you're like, wait, what? Who's got who? I mean, this is the matchup that we're worried about, especially against a team like Alabama who can shoot it like they can. Uh, but UCLA has been really the story of the tournament. When, when, when you just look at what they've accomplished. I mean, it went into overtime. The game went into OT, but they ended up running away with it and winning by 11. Um they they've just look they they all starting five uh, double figures 
Um, they, they get to the free throw line. They knock down their free throws. You're just a fundamentally sound, good basketball team that, you know, when you get into this part of the schedule, the scariest teams that you want to run are teams that, the teams that are believing. And they have this internal belief that nobody is going to beat them right now. And the way that they can, you know, defensively, the way that they controlled that game last night late into overtime uh, was, was very impressive. The way that they kind of choked out Oates, Alabama, and the rest of the crew. So today it starts Oregon State, Houston, Arkansas, Baylor. Uh, then tomorrow uh, it will uh, it will be USC and Gonzaga, uh, like we said, and then UCLA will be taking on Michigan. And both uh, Michigan and Gonzaga, the number one seeds and Baylor for that matter, uh, rolled over the weekend uh, as uh, they were all now set up in the uh, in the Elite Eight. So looking forward to talking to Coach John Brady here in a couple of uh, in a couple of minutes as we will get his thoughts on uh, on some of the offseason changes that are coming towards LSU, but really get his thoughts on this uh, on this tournament. Did and anyone care about the NIT or no? Not really. No. Not really. I mean Mississippi State was are in they the in championship it? yesterday. They lost to Memphis. To Memphis. So yeah. I saw Memphis. I feel like the NIT and I was telling David this I feel like the NIT used to be a bigger deal. Did it was it not ever? Was it only a bigger deal to me because I'm a Mississippi State? Mississippi State, State was always <laughs> in it. That's like no, what we were I, in. no, I don't think that I, I think the NIT is a great tournament. I, I say great. But I think I feel it's like I think no it's, one's it's, about it's it. a really cool tournament that ends up in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. It's played in basketball's mecca of arenas. Um, you know, you, you play you play uh, early round games on campus, right? Uh, which really is a big draw. I know, but I feel like it's usually talked about a lot, and it hasn't been this year. Well, the sh- the the field shrunk. Yeah, it went down from thirty two to sixteen, and then it was all isolated, a lot like the yeah, uh, a lot why. like March Madness was, where it was all I believe it was in Dallas uh, this year. I think it was held in 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 Dallas, and yeah, I guess that's you why. know everybody was in a confined area where. You know, you can't create the buzz. I mean, like, like look, um, I, we don't talk a ton women's basketball on this show, but when we do, it's usually based around Baylor because yeah. of our relationship with Kim Mulkey. They play UConn today. We talk about two of the top programs in the sport matching up in the women's college basketball tournament in the Elite Eight, number one versus number two, a regular season game that was washed out due to COVID when Coach Mulkey had it. REM is just getting back to the tournament and his team from positive tests of COVID weeks back. Paige Beckers is, is, is a phenomenal freshman for UConn. Baylor won in overtime against mid. That game doesn't have the buzz in the field that you would regularly have in a, in, in, in a, in a normal season. I mean, th- th- there's a lot of, of big time matchups and, and huge games that, that go unhyped right now in this world. And I think, you know, like a, a larger example is the NIT tournament. Yeah. I mean, it really is because it is a it, it's a cool tournament because it gives you the opportunity to play more postseason basketball and it's on your campus. I still remember we'll talk to Brady here in 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 a, in a minute, but but the Ball State game in the NIT with his I believe it was his O two team was still one of the most crazy atmospheres I can remember in the Maribyrn Center. I mean, they had thirteen thousand in there that night, and LSU should I mean they should have won the game. Coaching cost them. Talk to Coach John Brady next year. <laughs> Coming up here on the uh, on the Jordy Collada Show. Daily, we're brought to you by Go Chevrolet, G-E-A-U-X, Chevrolet.com. As you can find them online, stop in and see them down in Laplace. Nick Richard, Lee Carney, and the crew. We come back, we'll have Coach John Brady with us. How confident do you feel about your streaming service? Do you know if you have the right gear or not? Is Facebook and YouTube consistently letting you down? I now present to you WSN Live. WSN can help your church, your team, your community, 
bring everyone together for one streaming service where there's no more equipment guessing, broadcast that your audience will absolutely love, and a support team that you will have around the clock. WSN Live. It may be the last week of Women's History Month, but the Grit Iron Show with Whitney Bro isn't going anywhere. An all-new episode is now streaming on YouTube and podcast platforms featuring Dr. Lakeitha Poole, Director of Sports Psychology and Counseling for LSU Athletics. We talked with Dr. Poole about the power of flexing your mind if you want to be the best. Don't miss an episode of The Grit Iron Show by subscribing now and follow us on social media at Grit Iron Show. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. Welcome back here to the Jordy Collada Show presented by Go Chevrolet. You heard Whitney Bro there in the break talking about today's Grit Iron Show. Make sure you stay tuned here as every Monday we give you the latest coming up here on uh, on the uh, on the Grit Iron Show with uh, with Whitney Bro, Abby Alonzo, and her crew. We were talking a lot about the basketball over the weekend. Stellar basketball, great basketball weekend, right? Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight sets up today's games as we mentioned. Uh, they'll start off this afternoon with Oregon State and Houston, Arkansas and Baylor. So some SEC flair tonight against the number one seed in Baylor. Uh, and then tomorrow, USC, Gonzaga, UCLA and Michigan. Coach John Brady, who's a part of the LSU Sports Radio Network, spent nearly 12 seasons walking the sidelines at LSU, uh, then went up to Arkansas State uh, and now back here in, uh, in South Louisiana. Uh, what a cool weekend of basketball. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Jordan. Uh, I watched a few of those games. Good. It was a good weekend. It's going to be another good show tonight, too, I believe. How frustrating from a coaching standpoint, Coach, I was talking about Nate Oates in Alabama, the way that they shoot the ball and the way that they were constructed all season long. They now found themselves in a stat line after going 7 of 28 from three-point land when they shoot nearly 35% all season long, nearly 70% from the free-throw line. They go 11 of 25 last night with two costly One's by the SEC Player of the Year and Herb Jones late in that game. Uh, and, and now they are, uh, that was the worst free throw performance by a team to attempt at least 25 free throws in an NCAA tournament since Kansas back in 03 in the national championship versus Carmelo and, and Syracuse. From a coaching standpoint, when you, you have a season that's so successful, yet you get to the, the end of the seasons, I believe you had this happen uh, in a tournament setting versus UAB. Um, where your team just did not execute on the big stage. How frustrating is that from a coaching standpoint? Well, you know, it, it, those things happen. But the, the, the depends on how you want to look at it. They did do good enough to get to the foul line that number of times. They were doing something in terms of taking the ball to the goal, making UCLA foul them. Uh, and, and, you know, as a coach, uh, that's what you want to that's what Nate Oates wants his team to do, and they did that. They just didn't make the free throws. And at some point in time, if you if you have opportunities to score from the free throw line, if you get twenty eight threes, and that's that that's what you that's how you play. If the quality of the twenty eight is is more acceptable to the head coach, and he likes the shots they're taking, there's not much else he can do. You know, players have to make the play. It is frustrating, 
but when you walk away from there, we, we, we did what we needed to do to win the game. And, and, but the other thing that, you know, everybody likes to talk about the offense, but the other thing is how many points did Alabama give up last yeah. night too? I mean, that, that's one factor of that game as well. They did still score enough points to win the game, but I think UCLA just really played well, particularly on the offensive end. Um, and, and, and we're, we're able to win the game. But the 28 free throws, the 28 threes, that's how he wants to play. He did that. The players last night, for some reason, just didn't step up to the free throw line and make the plays that they normally make. What do you make of Mick Cronin and UCLA? I mean, just 10 days ago, they're down going into halftime in a first four game, and now they're, they're trying to make history in, in, in playing in the Elite Eight. You know, I've always liked him as a coach. I, I like him as a guy. I like him as a coach. I, I like what he's always done. Uh, his team's well put together. I think they try to defend and rebound as best they can. Offensively, they're sound. Uh, you know, to, to well, one thing that reflects to me and what I think about is maybe the seedings were wrong in several cases. I'd start, you could start with LSU and go down the line, and there were several – uh, teams that were, were misseated, in, in my opinion. UCLA is possibly one of them, as the Pac-10 as a whole was probably seated low and not as respected as, as some of the other leagues that got the respect that maybe now didn't deserve it, particularly the Big Ten. What, 10 or 11 schools, and uh, they all got kind of canned except for Michigan. And, and uh, so... You know, I think that's one thing that sticks out to me. UCLA was one of those teams like LSU that, that probably deserved a better seed and a better fate, but they just kept playing. They played well at the right time of the year, and, and uh, you know, we'll see what happens with them. But that was in, that's impressive to do what they've done and beat the teams they beat. I think the way that you define a great team in college basketball, tell me if you agree with this, is if you can take your best player off of your team – and still compete at a high level, a lot like what Michigan is doing. After watching them play against LSU, I can't imagine them with Isaiah Livers. And then the way that they dismantled Florida State yesterday, they look like a team that is on a mission without their best player. You saw Michigan up close within the within the week. Uh, you saw them yesterday crush Florida State. Uh, how do you like them moving forward? I like them. And, and Jawan Howard is one of those rare guys that, can play in the pros for whatever, 17, 16 years, whatever he did, and then make the transition to be a head coach at the college level and do pretty well. I like the way his players responded to him. I like the way they had some toughness and some fight about him. They got down early to LSU because LSU made some incredible shots to get a lead. And, and uh, LSU really played well in, in reflection on the back of that game. But I think Michigan, probably from a physical standpoint and, and – and, and made the plays necessary to beat LSU. I thought they were the better team when we walked out of the building that particular day. And, and uh, I'm not trying to make anybody upset, but Michigan's a very good basketball team. If they had livers on that team, wow, they would be a special group because they're physical. They go inside out. They, 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 they the, the post player is is he's not extremely athletic, but he's so big and. And I thought that Will Wade's game plan in that particular game was, was outstanding, it, particularly that the first half they double collapsed on the post, made him kick it out. I think the difference in the game was the second half. Michigan, the first half, didn't make a three. The second half, when they went inside out, they were six for 13 from the three-point line. And I think Michigan's ability to hit timely threes in the second half 
was the difference in the game. But I think defensively, LSU's plan and, and the execution of it was what they needed to do to keep that game workable, and they were able to do that for the most part. The Texas job became open over the weekend. Shaka Smart accepted the Marquette gig. That uh, that was open. Um, what do you make of the Texas? Shaka's pretty. Shaka, Shaka is pretty smart, if you ask yes, me. Yes, he did. He, 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 <laughs> yes. he was skating over there a little he, bit. He was. He, he kind of said, "Wow, let me get out of here while I still can." And yep. you know that that that, that good move on his part. Good yep. move on his part. Stay two steps ahead of the game, man. I mean, look, yep. I, I know y'all are coming after me. You know what? I'm gonna take that Marquette gig. Uh, That's right. <laughs> what do you think of what, what is the what is the reputation within your industry of the Texas basketball job? I think it's a great job. Yeah, I think I got more money than anybody in the country. Uh, you know, I, I think it, I think it's an outstanding job, and I, I think I think Rick Barnes did an incredible job there in the time that he was there, and and uh, you know we'll we'll just see. You know, the expectation level is high, uh, but it should be. Uh, but I, th- I think it's an excellent job, and, and I, I think whoever gets that job is going. They got to hire the right guy. You know, sometimes schools can not hire the right guy that doesn't quite fit the culture of that particular atmosphere that Texas creates there. You need somebody that understands that and embraces that. And you know, I hear my my, my friend Chris Beard is involved in that thing, or they they come and at him a little bit if there's some truth to that. But he's a He's a guy that would understand the culture of Texas basketball, and I think he would be a good fit. The, the wildest rumor I heard was this was four or five days ago that Shaka Smart was going to Marquette. I, coaches, you know, you, you never know. Sure. They were saying Calipari may bolt and, and go to Texas himself. So wow. who knows what may happen. Wow, yeah. that's, that's some Nick Saban 2012 stuff when it looked like he was going to take the <laughs> Texas job. Or they're taking the Godfather away from the big the, the big school. Uh, yeah, I mean, but you mentioned Beard. I mean, his look his his buyout drops to four million dollars on Thursday to another Big Twelve school. He's got ties to Texas as he was on Tom Pender's staff as a student assistant there. Uh, he went to the University of Texas, so a lot of the the things are starting to make sense there. Uh, another job was filled over the weekend. Up in Indiana, um, former mm-hmm. former New York uh, Knicks assistant Mike Woodson and, and NBA uh, coach, uh, but he was an Indiana player who played for for Bobby Knight. He's never coached in, in the college game. Um, uh, same question to you: what, what is what is the Indiana job? Uh, the feeling around that job now within your trade, and then if you know anything about Mike Woodson, what do you think about the fit? You know, I don't know Mike Woodson. Yeah. I know he's an Indiana guy. Maybe he understands it a little bit. They're going to hire somebody who gets it. Uh, you know, the Bob Knight influence is still hanging over that program, in my humble opinion. Uh, you know, when we, we drove from, from Indianapolis to Bloomington, uh, and you, you, I guess that's where they fly recruits in. They have to drive them 60 miles to, to, to Bloomington to visit the campus, which is a, which is not the most ideal situation at all. Uh, it, it's a it's a nice campus, but it's not a, a campus that, that is really beautiful. Uh, the, the place they play, Assembly Hall, is an impressive building on the inside, but it's been there a long time. Uh, and night fill that place up, so I, I'm not sure. I think they love basketball there, but 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 they, the, 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 the shine of that program, I think, has has. has diminished just a little bit over the last several years. And, and since Knight has left, they haven't been able to really do a lot with it. Kelvin Sampson, unfortunately, uh, was is, a, is an outstanding coach as well. Uh, and he made some mistakes. But 
since then they haven't been able to get, to get it back right. So I'm not sure if the job is what it once was. I think it can be, and maybe that's why they went to one of their own in Woodson to to understand it and, and give a shot to see if he can recruit it. I, I just I just find it somewhat difficult. That's why I like Juwan Howard so well to make that transition of a pro uh, pro assistant. Uh, never been in the college game, never pushed in the college game. For Howard to make that transition as quickly as he did, we'll just have to sit back and see if Mike Woodson can do the same thing. Arkansas-Baylor tonight. How do you like the matchup? I think Baylor may be, may be the best defensive team I've seen all year. Hmm. Their guards are strong. Uh, their guards are, are athletic. Uh, they, 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 they're committed to a stance. Uh, they defend. They rebound. They're good enough offensively. They've got inside, outside guys. A couple of those guards, a guard from Louisiana, playing the pros. Uh, those are, that's a legitimate team, and I really like the way they're put together. Uh, so, you know, I've always, this year, I've liked Gonzaga and Baylor. Not that, and so does everybody. So it's not sure. like I'm saying anything that everybody doesn't see themselves. But those two teams, and I, I like Gonzaga offensively. I think they're so good, and I think they're good defensively. But I think the Baylor team, from a defensive standpoint, is the best team I've seen. Yeah, Jared Butler out of uh, Riverside Academy played wow. uh, is 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 the guard that coach is referencing there uh, at a reserve who has been tremendous, especially on the defensive end. Coach, I say that the USC Gonzaga teams as close to an NBA game as you'll find, or at least from a pro scouting standpoint, this has got to be the most attractive game when you look at this one, especially on paper uh, tomorrow night. USC has been incredibly impressive over the last couple of weeks. If I'm a coach, I just look at them and say, you know what? I'd rather not run into them. Um, What do you make of the Trojans? Uh, Length, athleticism, uh, altering shots around the goal, uh, getting beat defensively, but being able to recover because of the length that they do have. Uh, If they shoot it from the perimeter a little bit, they're really, really good. So that will be an outstanding game. Uh, It'll be, you know, that Gonzaga team, those guards, mm-hmm. that freshman guard to me is as good as I've seen. He is some kind of special. And he's way, he doesn't even look like a freshman, doesn't play like a freshman. Uh, but he he is some kind of special talent. And, uh, you know, and the, the, the big for Gonzaga, the craftiness he plays with around the goal, the ability to finish against more athletic players. Uh, the intelligence he has, an IQ of basketball, to pass it like he does. That's a, that, that is a very, very good offensive team. Can they defend USC? Well, we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, you know, I, I like those teams. Not, the other team I like, the toughness of it, the grit of it, it's the Houston team as mm-hmm. well. You know, I think mm-hmm. I think Kelvin Sampson's been at it a long time. I knew Kelvin when he was a junior college coach back in the day. Uh, and everywhere he's been, he's won. Uh, so that's that's another team that I had picked to go to the Final Four in Houston, and, and they've got a shot here to make it. Uh, yes, and, and that uh, that University of, of Houston uh, roster with uh, with some Louisiana love as well as uh, they've got some some Louisiana players that are uh, that that are contributing on that Elite Eight run. And you mentioned Jalen Suggs, who is the talented freshman uh, for Gonzaga, coach. I mean he. He is. Uh, he <laughs> he's out of the same city as Paige Beckers, who's the the freshman point guard for UConn, uh, the women's uh, team, and and she was the number one player in 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 her sport, and Suggs was the number one player in his sport, and both came out of the Twin Cities up in Minneapolis. I saw a, a story on him, and he is he is light years ahead of his time 
when you watch him play? Well, the, the poise he plays with and, and his, the, the basketball IQ and all of those things to be so young uh, and step right in on that stage and perform like he has is really – Really special. You don't find a lot of guys like that, and 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 I, I'm I'm you never know about him coming back. You think he's going to vote because I think he's a top five pick in my opinion, but you know it, 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 he'll have a outstanding pro career because he seems to be a high character guy. You you couple basketball IQ with high character, mm-hmm. uh, and then you, you you throw a lot of talent on top of that. You know you really have a special player in the NBA. Hey, Coach, this is Katie. I brought up the NIT earlier because Mississippi State made it to the championship and the guys started talking about the Ball State game in 2002. Explain how cool that game was. Uh, my Ball State game at LSU? The atmosphere. Uh, the atmosphere, yeah. the NIT, that game. I know uh, I know the outcome well, wasn't what we wanted. <laughs> well, Ball State was incredible that yeah. night. They may have made, they made hit us for about 12 threes that yeah. night. We, we'd just come off beating uh, – Iowa at Iowa and we came down uh, to play Ball State and you know I, maybe maybe I, I thought we'd win that game but but we didn't. They had but fourteen. We had about winners. we had about damn yeah we had about ten <laughs> eleven thousand in that night and that thing was rocking, rocking. and uh, and that's why I thought we'd win the game. We're at home, we're playing well, we're closing well at the end of the year, and then they just beat us. I mean that was a game where you couldn't say anything. We we played well. Uh, they just popped us pretty good by, by raining threes all over. So uh, the atmosphere was great. You know, Mississippi State yesterday, I don't know, they must have ran into a better team. I watched part of that game. I didn't watch it all. I didn't see it but all But Mississippi either. State, they struggled to start. You know, it was 15 to nothing. Then they made a game of it, and, and then they kind of ran out of juice at the end. And, and maybe sometimes when you get down that far, and they fought so hard to get it back at the half, which they did, the second half down the stretch, they kind of just – you know, ran out of gas. And, and Memphis is athletic, too. The, the last 10, 11 games of the year, Memphis won like 10 of 11 or something down the stretch. Yeah, and, Memphis is a good and, team. Yeah, they're athletic. They're long, too, and they caused Mississippi State some problems. But yeah, it was a great year for Mississippi State to close it as they did. You know, some people were critical of them uh, during the course of the year, but them to finish as well as they did and get to the championship game of the NIT, uh, I think it puts a better feeling around the program than it had going into that. What do you think is the what do you think the challenges that Coach Wade has in the off season with the expected roster turnover? Well, that that's it. I mean that that's it. Uh, you know, if those three guys leave and there's days of the question mark, you know, I, I'm not sure if they're leaving. I don't know anything about it because I haven't. I wasn't around it as I was because of the COVID. Uh, but you know, just to read and hear people talk, if those three players leave that carried the team and made really every big play down the stretch for us. Uh, you know, if Days comes back, uh, there's going to be some gaps to fill, particularly uh, offensively, which is obvious. You know, the, the, the number of points they, they scored, the offensive rebounds, the assists that were created by those three guys, just their whole presence. Uh, it's going to be something to replace. And, and I'm, not, I'm not familiar with the recruits that are coming in or a couple of guys they have sitting out, but Certainly, you just don't walk down the street and pick up three guys like that that can mean so much to your program. So it's going to be a challenging offseason for Coach Wade to put a team together. But if there's one thing we know, uh, you know, Will's been able to put it together and keep it going. And and certainly this will be more of a challenge than he's had in the past. But, uh, you know, that's just part of college basketball. That's the way it works.
Let me get one thought from you from uh, for for before we get you out of here, and we appreciate you joining us, talking a lot of basketball this morning with Coach John Brady on this Monday morning here on the Jordy Collada Show. Uh, you are a proud New Orleanian now, uh, the king of the city, uh, but you better watch yourself because it looks like Zion's pushing you for your crown. Uh, the, the man is uh, is blowing up over the last couple of weeks. I've asked everybody this who who knows the basketball and loves basketball like you do. What are we seeing? him develop into because a lot of people are talking now Shaquille O'Neal with point guard type handles Charles Barkley with with the jumping ability Chris Webber I don't think there is a comp for him but what do you think the ceiling is for Zion and, and what he is uh, is developing into well first of all injury let's let, let's, yes. let's let's pray he's injury free which can stop any kind of career and slow it down or uh, that, that that's the first thing and then the second thing is 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 does he does he keep his body in tip top shape? And you'd say, well, he's making that kind of money. He should. Well, you never know. But that would be the only thing with me that the, the talent level, the power, power with grace is something you don't find. And he's, he's he's graceful enough with a lot of power and strength that that those combinations are hard to come by. And he's got all of that. And, and it seems to me he seems to have the character necessary to handle the success that's coming his way. A lot of guys can't do that. So to keep his body in top physical condition, because he may have a tendency to, to get a little bigger than he needs to play with. And then the second thing is, does he have the character to, and, and, and the insightfulness to handle the success that's coming his way and deal with all the, all the things that come with success at that level in the NBA? Talent level, power, strength, passing, and all that, that's, that's in place. You don't have to worry about that. But if he keeps those other couple of things together – you know, he's a he's a 10 let me your all star. The best form of John Brady, the off season, John Brady. Wow. <laughs> Working into the uh the early days of the off season. I can imagine that it is uh is sunny on the fairway today. Hit him straight, my friend. It is good to talk to you. I'll do it. Okay, Jordy. I'll see you guys. Later, man. The uh the man right there checking in from uh from wherever he may be. On a, on a map this morning, the waves are crashing and the sand is uh, is salty white. I can Drinking promise you that. Absolutely, out of a uh, out of a drink <laughs> with an umbrella, as uh, as John Brady checks in for uh, for a lot of basketball talk there. And it is a uh, it, look. It's basketball season, obviously, with with everything that's going on with the tournament and everything that's going on uh, with the NBA. Uh, but did you see what Zion did over the weekend to Dallas? Twice. I mean, bro. I mean, like, I, I know that the, this could be a segment on what we we talk about every day, but I mean, my God! I mean, he is, he he is every night now. He's a story. Every night he is he is. I mean, back to back, back to back games this weekend. He went for he went thirty nine ten and five on Friday. He went thirty eight five and six on Saturday. That's what I'm saying. You could have been confused. Like, am I looking at the same stat line? I didn't know that they played two games in a row. But, I mean, did I you mean, see just, Rick Carlisle's comments on uh, Zion? I mean, he's like, my God. I had enough of this. I mean, this guy is Shaquille O'Neal with point guard handles. He is unstoppable when he gets within. He's shooting like 78% within nine feet of the rim. I mean, like the closer he gets in, I think he's like within 90% within like four feet of the rim. I mean, I know that's you, you think and you say that out loud, but I mean, you got to think about the action and the speed and everything that's happening in an NBA game. I mean, even LeBron James misses bunnies and putbacks sometimes. I mean, Zion is nearly perfect from from around the rim. 
Uh, and he just he slaughtered the Mavericks over the weekend. I mean, he just he made the Mavericks look like an AAU team. I saw they tried to trot Boban out there, and that didn't go so it well don't for me either. Like, just it like, doesn't just matter. Just a big body out there. Let's see what that what what he can do with that. And he just nope, blows right by him. And you know what? I you can tell now. And 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 I heard a great uh, podcast with Doc Rivers where he was talking about that that that. Atlanta Hawks Boston Celtics game in 1985 that happened in New Orleans and Doc Rivers was on the Atlanta Hawks and he talked about the head coach of the Atlanta Hawks who was Mike Fratello good Italian good at Paisan uh, sharply dressed Fratello uh, how he find the bench because they were reacting to Bird making shots and how the next day at film he would go back and just show the bench and he like showed it like 45 times on repeat and just like just berated these guys in film and ended up finding him. Uh, but, but you can start to tell because the opposing benches, their reaction to Zion is, is almost like with that type of respect, it doesn't matter who you put out there. Like, I mean, even like Tristan Thompson, the example that we always get when he got bodied that Sunday in, in, in the Smoothie King Center, even his teammates were like shoulder shrugging him when he came back. I mean, usually that's a moment for your teammates to really clown on you. Right. I mean, like, gives you an opportunity to kind of get in on somebody. I mean, they were even kind of, like, patting him on the back, like, bro, we get it. You know what I mean? Like, who's going to stop this guy? Um, but just more Zion greatness over the weekend. Uh, so it was good to get a, a take from Coach, Bra- uh, Coach Brady on, uh, on, on the record there uh, as, uh, as he was talking about uh, Zion. And like I said, uh, Brady better watch his back because uh, Zion, not the loudest – not out in public a lot, but uh, his play is uh, is pushing him to the uh, the King of Nola, which will uh, which will threaten the seat of John Brady, who uh, say it's vacant <laughs> athlete was right now. It is. It is a very much a crown that is looking for a head. Yes. When you're looking for an athlete in the city of New Orleans, he makes a lot of sense. I mean, he just makes a ton of sense from the standpoint, obviously the play. But I mean, I I love I lo- just love the way that he he operates. I mean, he's not loud, he's not flashy, he's not in your face, but you, you, you would reckon with a talent like that, he would, he would be at 20, and he's just not. So uh, I love the fact that he's in New Orleans. Uh, all right, we're going to talk to, um, uh, and, and look, the, 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 the comparisons, there are none. Like, like C. Veal Jr. says, C. Webb was a better shooter. Probably was. You know what I mean? I mean, he, 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 he's not like... Anyone, the comps are very unfair to 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 the comparisons and to Zion because he just doesn't fit in the box. Uh, all right, LSU football over the weekend was uh, was scrimmaging. Uh, Derek Stingley Sr. obviously uh, was in there. Uh, is uh, uh, is going to give us a reaction just like he does every Monday. Uh, but there was some NFL news that was moving over the weekend. The San Francisco 49ers have uh, have shooken up, uh, have shaken up. The uh, the NFL draft as they are going to uh, to try to move up or they are moving up into the uh, the first three into the top three of this uh, of this week's selections as uh, they have uh, the Dolphins uh, have exchanged picks with the San Francisco 49ers the Miami Dolphins have exchanged picks so the 49ers have sent the number 12 pick this year a first and third round pick in 2022 and another first round pick in 2023 so two first future picks given up along with this year's number 12 pick to jump up to number three in the nfl draft a lot of people obviously have this pegged with a quarterback zach wilson who had his pro day over the weekend was showing off uh in his arm strength and his capability on whether or not 
he's going to be a top, uh, you know, a top three pick. Uh, a lot of buzz right now around Mac Jones. Trey Lance of North Dakota State uh, is going to be there. Ohio State's Justin Fields. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is uh, of Clemson. Trevor Lawrence of Clemson is expected uh, to go number one. And Lawrence made some news over the weekend. He's going to uh, watch the draft at Clemson's facility. He will not be in Cleveland. Uh, a part of the draft process. I can't believe he's finally. I mean, of course he's staying at Clemson. I can't believe yeah, he's having I mean, even early. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. The I mean, place the, has a grip the, on the, the kid. grip. I mean, just, <laughs> it's like it's like the, the, the can. It's like drugs, the candy. I mean, like you want to you want to hang out. I mean, they, they don't go anywhere. I mean, he's, he's the number one pick. Let him go to the draft. It's a cult, dude. No, he's They're eating pizza. <laughs> he's eating pizza in the facility. Yeah, right. Uh, all right, so uh, we will talk to Derek Stingley Sr. here in a couple of minutes. Remember our friends over at uh, Relief Health as uh, they are changing the way that medicine is brought to you here in, uh, in 2021. All you got to do is download the app as, uh, as you can find uh, Relief Health there, and they'll come to you. Uh, they will come to you today and uh, either administer the, uh, the, the, the test, the, the, the COVID test, or as we've said, uh, that they have the vaccine. They've got the Moderna vaccine right now, and they're changing the way that healthcare is delivered. No more doctor's offices, no more waiting rooms. Uh, you can download the app Relief Health from Apple and your Google stores today. Uh, you can get connected to a local doctor in your community, or you can just order a test directly without talking to a doctor. COVID test is live right now with more tests coming soon. Uh, nor- uh, nurses come to you uh, for any testing evaluation. I can speak firsthand for this from a testimony uh, that uh, Jordan and I got COVID tested at the house uh, months back as Blasia and her crew came over uh, from Relief Health. Very easy. Download the application today inside your Google and Apple stores. Uh, they do have the uh, the vaccine right now as uh, they are administering the uh, the Moderna vaccine. So get in touch with uh, Relief Health. Fastest way to do that, download the app, Relief Health, from Apple and Google app stores today. As uh, when we come back, we will have uh, Derek Stingley Sr. here talking LSU football on the Jordy Colada Show. Driven and powered every day by Go Chevrolet. Can you be assured that the air and surfaces in your home are clean, sanitized, and safe for you and your entire family? You can now by logging on to Valera.com backslash Jordi Collada, where you, your home, your office, your family can be protected 24-7 with active pure technology. This NASA-based science has proven 99.9% reduction of airborne SARS-2 and COVID-19 virus in just three minutes. Log on now to Valera.com backslash Jordi Collada. Have a late night and can't make it for the Jordi Collada show at 7 a.m.? No worries. Catch us on demand on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Remember, our podcast is brought to you by RMB Builders. RMB Builders is a custom home builder offering both new construction and remodeling to Baton Rouge and surrounding areas. They are licensed for commercial as well as residential construction. They can also handle your office renovation or building maintenance. Remember, they are on social media. You can find them on Instagram at LLC or on Facebook at facebook.com backslash LLC. You can also visit them on their website at www.rmb-builders.com. Can you be assured that the air and surfaces in your home are clean, sanitized, and safe for you and your entire family? You can now by logging on to Valera.com backslash Jordi Collada, where you, your home, 
your office, your family can be protected 24-7 with active pure technology. This NASA-based science has proven 99.9% reduction of airborne SARS-2 and COVID-19 virus in just three minutes. Log on now to Valera.com backslash Jordi Collada. Have a late night and can't make it for the Jordi Collada show at 7 a.m.? No worries. Catch us on demand on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Go Chevrolet is under new management, but it's the same old familiar names that you know here from the area. Lee Carney and Nick Richard are up and running in Laplace, Louisiana, and they want you to stop in today. But if you can't, they'll make it easy for you. They'll come to you. Log online to GoChevrolet.com. That's G-E-A-U-X Chevrolet.com. Go Chevrolet is conveniently located on Airline Highway in Laplace, Louisiana. Shop all the inventory, whether it's new or pre-owned at GoChevrolet.com. That's G-E-A-U-X Chevrolet.com. Dr. James Johnson and Dr. Chad Spillers of Johnson and Spillers Dentistry with two locations, one in Gonzales and one in Baton Rouge between Segan Lane and Blue Bonnet, offer everything from ceramic crowns to pediatric dentistry, dental cleanings, Botox, extractions. They're online at johnsonspillers.com. Located in Gonzales and in Baton Rouge, seeing both new patients and existing patients, log online to johnsonspillers.com. If you missed the show, you can always check out our podcast brought to you by RMB Builders on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else you can listen to podcasts. Welcome back into the Jordy Collada Show here on this Monday morning, presented by Go Chevrolet. Remember, we were talking a little Pelicans there, going out of the uh, the last break with Zion and what he's got going on. Zion is just absolutely taking the NBA by storm right now, as every city he visits has some column or reaction. The latest was Dallas, as uh, he just dismantled the Mavericks over the weekend. Rick Carlisle, his coach son, yeah, compared him to an Amtrak. I'm telling you, he's not stopping in Westport. He's going straight to New York City. Carlisle has (laughs) some some of the best quotes that I mean, some quotes that will live on forever. On Zion came out of Rick Carlisle's mouth over the weekend. I mean, he was like, "This guy is incredible," and for the fans not be at full capacity and be able to see this every night is really a crime. So hopefully, once that gets back, it's going to be. Uh, it, 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 you will see the Zion buzz go through the roof. I look. I, I think our next guest uh, as as not the to the Zion level yet uh, yet is is right, uh, but has seen this. You know the hype machine and the way that it works. Uh, Derek Singley Senior is a Monday regular with us, a great friend of ours, a great friend of our show. He is over at Elite Football Academy, which uh, the time is now here in the capital city. You're looking for 
individual football training is finally here, and Derek Stingley Sr. and the crew over at Elite Football Academy are, uh, are offering that up. They're at Elite Football, Elite FBLA, all over social media. And uh, quarterback training, defensive back training, just football training in general, running back training. I've seen Nick Brissett, Rohan Davey, Derek Stingley. I mean, like, name a name somebody. They're over there training them in football. Uh, and uh, he is with us every Monday morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, guys. I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, you seen Zion? And, and you got a thought on Zion and what we're witnessing here and, and, and the hype machine that, that, that what Zion is and him kind of living up to, to, to the hype. You know, I've I, I watched some of it. Like, I don't, I don't think I've sat and watched the whole Pelicans game, but naturally I see the highlights. You know everything about Zion coming coming in from from Kentucky. Well, what was it Duke or Kentucky? It was Duke, right? Yes, Duke. Yeah, Duke. Duke was was all what we're seeing now. You know the hype is just serious. Like and and for him to to still you know raise the bar even higher after coming to the NBA. You know with with everything that was behind him and all the expectations. You know, most people don't understand that, that that that's tough to do. And he's a young man. He, he's not even 21, I don't think, yet. Or if he is, no, he's not. just at 21. So for him to have to, you know, carry the weight of the city and the team on his shoulders and still go out there and, and play as hard as he do, that takes that takes a lot. I and mean, a lot of folks don't understand what that can do to a kid's psyche. And, and for him to, you know, continue to go out there and, and be one of the tops, you know, that's you know, I, I applaud him because he's he, he's the real deal. You know, from the highlights I see. Derek came into college football with this expected to start role on a team. Looking back on it, which would could go down potentially as the best college football team ever uh, from a talent standpoint. What was that pressure like? What was what was watching that pressure build up, and then watching him almost have that LeBron Tiger Woods Zion effect. Where where there's there's so much hype around one person, and then they kind of they come in and they outlive it, or they live up to it. Um, yeah, I, I think with Derek, you know, the good thing about him is that he enrolled early. Um, you know, him getting those few practices in for that Fiesta Bowl um, or that 2018 year, and you know, the good thing is that he had a veteran team with him. Mm. He was counted on, but he wasn't like the only guy to be counted on. So you had, you know, Caleb Ryan up front. You had Christian on the other side. You had Delpit at the safety position. You know, so you had, you know, even uh, Patrick Queen, the linebacker, I'm just naming a few yeah. guys at certain spots, where they were like, it was a unit, and it, and it jailed, and they just asked him to do just his role or his part. And I think after those Fiesta Bowls practice, when – when he made a few plays in practice, when his confidence level kind of grew a little bit, you know, and, you know, it was some stuff out in the media about what he did with Joe and what Aranda said. And, and the good thing about it, Derek, he never really listened to that type of stuff. It was just him having fun, just going out and playing football. And, but he understood how, how big, you know, the, the situation was for him. And for him to get, you know, I think he got, he got rolling at Tiger Stadium against I think it was uh, Georgia Southern. I think it was yeah. that where he almost returned a punt. Right. I think right then and there he just let loose. He said, "You know what? Okay, I can do this." And then the Texas play where he almost had the interception. It was like game after game where you know he felt, "Okay, I can do this," because you know these guys believing in me and 
they're out there playing their butts off, and I just have to do my part, do my role. To the point where, for him, it was just like back in high school, just line up and, and, and take away my guy. Because naturally, Aranda played a lot of bad coverage. So it wasn't a lot for him to have to really, you know, play through, meaning a lot of zones or checks or things like that. You know, he played a little bit. You know, they had certain things where they would, you know, always have some automatic checks to. But outside of that, it was just him and Christian on the outside. So, you know, that that was perfect for his game. His game was all about man coverage. And, and I think that's, that's how, you know, he just had that great year and, and the hype just kept moving with him. And, you know, we knew locally what he was about. And then all of a sudden he's on a national stage and, and now that you know, you know, the college football world know what he's about, and you know, and now the NFL people know what he's about. So, you know, hopefully he can continue to have that type of success, and, and you know, not let too much of it get to him. Because I'm always saying, once again, Derek is still just 19 years old. So it's crazy. There's a lot that that's been on top of him, and he and he he's dealt with it. You know, he had his his valleys. You know, he also have his highs, but. You know, the good thing is that, you know, my, my wife and myself, the way we try to, you know, have him have his approaches, you know, just, just stay even keel. You know, do what you have to do. You know, don't worry about the uncontrollables. If you can't change the situation, that should be the least of your worries. Just go out there and do your part. And you got to have fun doing it because we understand that, you know, college football and the NFL, you have all these grown-ups who they got – all this other stuff into it, whether they're trying to gamble or fantasy football, and, and they come down on these kids so hard, and, and they don't understand that sometimes that stuff gets back to those kids, and mm-hmm. they feel some type of way about it. But but Derek tries to keep it uh, even head, even kill about all of it. Uh, Derek Singley Sr. joining us here from Elite Football Academy. One on shop real quick is uh, Nick Richard inside of the bunker who is uh, runs Go Chevrolet over there with Lee Carney has a question for you about Elite Football Academy and wants to know what age do you guys start taking uh, what days do you start taking players over to Elite Football Academy at what age can you start getting in for training well we've had guys kids over there for as young as seven years old so the real question is what position because that that what matters the most because you know, at certain positions, um, we have certain guys that come in from out of town and do some work, like Marlon Favorite. You know, he lives in New Orleans. He comes every other Sunday and works out the defensive line group and some O linemen as well. So if if you do DBs, naturally I'm here in Baton Rouge and I have a schedule. So you know, I can train them that young. I have a young group. Um, I have a, a middle school group. I have naturally a high school group as well. And, just yesterday, I was training Patrick Queen. You know, his dad called me. He's like, "Hey, man, Pat needs to work on his cover skills." And had him out at the gym all day yesterday. So, you know, it's probably from seven years old up until um, you know pro guys. So, Elite Football yeah. Academy, Elite FBLA is where you find them on social media, and uh, they are off Airline Highway, uh, and they're doing great work with. I mean, you hear some of the names that they're they're training with um, and some of the people that are going inside the doors over there. All right. Second scrimmage of the weekend for LSU football. Um, what, what have you seen since, since spring has, as, as unfolded, seems like a lot of competition happening in all areas of the field, including between the coaching staff, players everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you, you can tell that the staff that they're, they're starting to put in, you know, more things. You, you can see the defenses 
running more more coverages than just the few that they ran the first week. Um, but the offense is now starting to stretch the ball out. You know, they, they're starting to push the ball downfield. You got some guys that's making some deep plays. You got some guys making some great throws. But then at the same time, you have guys in the secondary, they're making plays. And, and you're getting some guys up front that's doing their jobs as well. So yeah, it is some real competition. And, and she's big cat looks like probably the biggest competition right before the scrimmage. So those guys are hyped about that. So, you know, the first week I, th- I thought offense really handled the defense and the big cat. But for this week, it's, it's, I, I give the edge to the defense, you know, from, from what I saw and, and how I can – Look down upon it, but but yeah, it's 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 good, and it's it's some real good competition. Um, it's it's you you could tell that these coaches they, they're game planning against one another, which which is kind of weird to me because you know, but they have to do that because of spring ball. But mm-hmm. but I think the offense they they know if they motion or if they line up a certain way, the defense may have to do a certain check to where the offense can have some advantages. But then I saw on, I think it was Thursday's practice, where defense, you know, they, they checked in some other things. And offense, you know, they were a little, you know, behind it, trying to figure it out. But but then here comes the scrimmage. Then offense started moving the ball, and defense made their plays. And, you know, even the second team, they're, they're doing their jobs. And, and it, it looks like, I mean, it's a real game out there. You know, the way they, they're hyped on both sides, and, and everybody's got this higher energy. Um even uh, I think Coach O started putting in like he made a third team group with some other guys, and, and it was just no different from if it was the first team out there with with the energy going from both sides. On. So you know it's a good thing, and I, I think right now if they keep practicing where they do. You know, hopefully come fall we'll we'll see a much better product out here. You have mentioned Durante Jones and the relationship that 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 Sting Junior had, had had started to form with him initially when he got the job. Just from your point of view and, and the impact that these guys are making, what are you seeing from the rest of the defensive staff that was brought in this office uh, this offseason uh, specifically? Well, one, one thing, the one thing I think for sure, Jordan, is you can tell at practice it's so loud. Like, everybody is, like, just getting after it. Like, these coaches are – Like music loud or, like, intensity loud? No, intensity loud for the that. coaches. And, and it's, it's more so, like – like they're they're really bringing home every point, and you can hear it. And, and they're they're motivating by pushing these boys, and some of them getting down there and they demonstrate at that. So, you know, it's 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 different. It's it's a different field out there. You know, uh, you know, I, I'm just glad they allow me to have that type of access to see it. But <laughs> I'm totally impressed with it. I can't wait to see it. Hey, Coach Jordy says Max. Lloyd says Brennan. Nick says TJ. What do you see at QB? Uh, well, because of the fact that they give me that 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 privilege to be there, I'm gonna leave that to Coach O. I, mean, I can't I can't put that out there, but you know, to me, all of them look they all look great out there. Even uh, Nussmeier, you know, mm-hmm. the young kid, you know, what he brings to the table. Um, you know, I've seen all of them make some great throws. Like, and I'll always look back and say, who made that throw? And I, you know, because I'm normally looking at the defense and seeing what they're in. And then all of a sudden, I see a ball come through where it shouldn't make it in, into a receiver's hands. And then my eyes go right back to the quarterback and say, oh my God, that's, that's TJ. Or, oh my God, that's Max. Or, wow, that's, that's Miles. Or, and then now, Nussmeier, you know, he's, He's, he's he's a high energy kid too. Oh my yeah. god! Like every play he makes, it's like 
he's excited about it. He's showing emotion. Like if if one of his players does something good, if it's a decent run, he he's head slapping all the old linemen, doing a good job. So you can tell this this kid don't think that he's you know a kid. He's out there saying he wants to be the guy. But you know, I think there's some good competition at quarterback. Um, all of them get an opportunity to go with the ones. Uh, you know, sometimes you see Max, he may start out with the ones, but then they all kind of rotate them uh, once practice really starts. So you can't really put a finger on who's who at the moment because I think the way Coach O is doing it, he's doing it by really having a great competition at the quarterback position. It feels like they got that, that juice back to them. It feels like the, the feeling around the, the, the program is championship level again. Well, you know, you know, you you got to wash that taste out of your mouth from last uh-huh. year, and uh-huh. then you got a lot of new people in the building, so you you don't have to worry about looking back, you know, and looking at a coach saying, "Man, remember last year how it was?" Oh my God, these coaches isn't here now. They don't know last year. They yeah. they're here this year. They're, they're new guys, and they're trying to prove their worth, and 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 they're coming. They're coming with it. Like practices are real. Like it reminds me somewhat of the 2019 practice, how the offense really went against the defense and, and how everybody, you know, they want to win. They want to win their rep. And, and that just goes to show you that, you know, you got some real competition, some real talent out there. And those coaches, they love it, man. I mean, the coaches are fired up. Like, I mean, even if a, if a receiver catch a slant route, I mean, the coaches go crazy. They just high-fiving. And, and I'm like, it's just a freaking six-yard route, but <laughs> but that's what it's like out there, man. And I think they need that. I think the players feed off of it. It's some good stuff when, if you can see it. I, I know you don't have anything official, and even if you do, I'm, I'm not looking for it. But Arik Gilbert seems like he's back around the program, and there are things trending on 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 some some news that he might be able to join back and and, and get mm-hmm. right. Uh, I know you know him personally. Uh, wh- what would you think of him getting back into the program? You know, I, I, I saw something like that. I think it was Friday. I yes. I think it was. And, and you know, I, I, I think everybody should just pump the brakes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Don't rush the judgment on a kid. You know, you just never know personally what's happening. And, and I think something like this, if it does come to be, this may be what the, what the kid and his family need. You know, sometimes you you need to just, just clear out all the madness and, and kind of bring things down to – just one thing or something that you're accustomed to or used to. You know, he probably didn't have the year he wanted last year, but he understands the ins and the outs of, you know, LSU, the the, the, the football facility, the, where his classes are, how they travel, you know, how they meet, things like that. So nothing is new that could possibly, you know, stress him out or give him some form of anxiety or anything like that. Not to say that that's the reason why, sure. but when you're accustomed to something that happened in a certain way, you kind of know the lay of the land. So it kind of, it kind of makes things a little easier to go through. So yeah, if, if he comes back, um, I know naturally he has to, you know, apply himself in other areas as well to, to, to get back into good standings, whether that's in, in the academics, you know, football, you know, no telling with SEC and all the other things that comes with it. But I, I would love for him to come back because we all know the talent that, that he has and what he brought to the table, you know, when he's on, he's probably one of the better players in in college football. So to have him back on, you know, with the team, if that's going to be the case, 
I welcome them, and I know the players would too. Because once again, we 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 all don't really know the reason why things happen the way they happen. Mm-hmm. But if those players accept them back, then we have to accept that as well. I know I will for sure. Amen. Well said. Derek Singley Sr. from Elite Football Academy. Every Monday right here on the Jordy Collada Show, as uh, Nick Richard asks, what ages does Elite start to take uh, kids at? And as Coach Stingley replied, it depends on what position. They've had kids over there as young as seven years old training with guys like Marlon Favorite, Nick Brissett, Rohan Davey, uh, Derek Singley Sr. Uh, all of that is, uh, is offered to you at Elite Football Academy. And every Monday you can hear about it right here on the uh, on the Jordy Collada show. Great insight as always, my friend. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. Thanks. All good. Y'all have a good morning. Yes, sir. There he is, Coach Sting, uh, checking in this morning as uh, Wilson Alexander from The Advocate has confirmed. We will ha- we will talk to him at uh, 8.30 this morning uh, to catch the latest on LSU baseball, which seems like they're in a tough spot coming home this weekend from Knoxville. You know what did it? After, uh, after downing three. He brought back the shaving rule. Did he? That's what it was. They're one in five since they started That's shaving again. That's what you think it was. He brought back that rule in season? He brought it back for SEC play. Really? You've got to be kidding me. Just, you know. Something. After the vibe and <laughs> and even like when we asked him here on the show, I mean, he was kind of giddy about it. I mean, it was almost like he was looking forward to making that choice. And if I'm, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he kind of said it was kind of time to loosen up. I mean, start worrying about some of the things that mattered rather than the, the facial hair. Well, this is just to me, me watching. This they've, is... all been, they've all been clean-shaven since SEC play. So Okay, so this is not official. Not you're a... just kind of going off of – you're no, just doing it, a little yeah, film work. Yeah, yeah. You're just going off of a little film work. <laughs> yeah, I've just been noticing some good okay. inference. You know? okay. Yeah, good inference. All right, all right, all right. You heard it here we'll, first. Uh, we will check on that. Wilson Alexander, you know what you're asking him. Yeah. Uh, what is the status of the facial hair rule? Uh, you know, I got him in with Manscaped. Yeah. That's right. off, JC show. Edward Jones, <laughs> our, remember, Edward Jones, our, our financial advisor, would love that if you went over to Manscaped and used the promo code for a discount to save you money. He would love that over at Daniel at, uh, at Edward Jones. Daniel Newman uh, is our financial advisor. Newman was hitting me all weekend, texting me as I was down in the, uh, the AAU basketball gyms, and he was locked into the tournament, uh, hit me with his, uh, with his little tidbits, which I appreciated him talking the game of basketball uh, all weekend long. And he said it best, uh, defensively and a little bit more foot quickness, and LSU's an Elite Eight team. Uh, but he can tell you more about what to do with your finances if you get in touch with him this morning. Uh, Daniel Newman is out at uh, Magnolia Square Drive, which is in central Louisiana over there across from Stabs is where you can find Newman and his crew from Edward Jones. He is an experienced financial advisor. Uh, he, has, uh, he can help you whether you're saving for college, uh, if you're trying to protect your financial future, uh, whatever it may be. Let Daniel Newman help you over at Edward Jones. Email him. Daniel.Newman at EdwardJones.com. When we come back, we'll talk LSU baseball. Wilson Alexander uh, of The Advocate will stop by at 8.30 this morning as we will get the latest uh, from Alexander, where LSU goes from here. And we'll also uh, talk to him about the midweek matchup coming up for, uh, for LSU as they're back out on the diamond tomorrow versus uh, South Alabama. LSU and South Alabama will start to preview and Get uh, what happened in Knoxville over the weekend from Wilson Alexander next here on the Jordy Collada Show, presented every day by Go Chevrolet. It may be the last week of Women's History Month, but the Grit Iron Show with Whitney Bro isn't going anywhere. An all-new episode is now streaming on YouTube and podcast platforms featuring Dr. Lakeitha Poole, Director of Sports Psychology and Counseling for LSU Athletics. We talked with Dr. Poole about the power of flexing your mind 
if you want to be the best. Don't miss an episode of The Grit Iron Show by subscribing now and follow us on social media at Grit Iron Show. Can you be assured that the air and surfaces in your home are clean, sanitized, and safe for you and your entire family? You can now by logging on to Valera.com backslash Jordi Collada where you, your home, your office, your family can be protected 24-7 with active pure technology. This NASA-based science has proven 99.9% reduction of airborne SARS-2 and COVID-19 virus in just three minutes. Log on now to Valera.com backslash Jordi Collada. Have a late night and can't make it for the Jordi Collada show at 7 a.m.? No worries. Catch us on demand on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Go Chevrolet is under new management, but it's the same old familiar names that you know here from the area. Lee Carney and Nick Richard are up and running in Laplace, Louisiana, and they want you to stop in today. But if you can't, they'll make it easy for you. They'll come to you. Log online to GoChevrolet.com. That's G-E-A-U-X Chevrolet.com. Go Chevrolet is conveniently located on Airline Highway in Laplace, Louisiana. Shop all the inventory, whether it's new or pre-owned at GoChevrolet.com. That's G-E-A-U-X Chevrolet.com. Dr. James Johnson and Dr. Chad Spillers of Johnson and Spillers Dentistry with two locations, one in Gonzales and one in Baton Rouge between Segan Lane and Blue Bonnet, offer everything from ceramic crowns to pediatric dentistry, dental cleanings, Botox, extractions. They're online at johnsonspillers.com. Located in Gonzales and in Baton Rouge, seeing both new patients and existing patients, log online to johnsonspillers.com. If you missed the show, you can always check out our podcast brought to you by RMB Builders on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else you can listen to podcasts. Well, folks, it's time to kick it old school. Uh, so you can feel cool. <laughs> Give it to me, baby. <laughs> baby. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back in to the Jordy Collada Show presented by Go Chevrolet. Full house here in the undisclosed location. Looking forward to meeting Ryan Suye. That's a good question. I'm yeah. going to ask him exactly how he pronounces that. Um, so, so it, it could be Suye. It could be Swallow. Solo. In South Louisiana, I've seen that Swallow. spelling pronounced like really? that. Yes. Yes. Uh, I went to grade school with a spelling like this that was pronounced Swallow. Uh, but we will, uh, we will talk to him. I do not. I do not. Uh, not my strong suit. <laughs> not my strong suit. <laughs> um, but we are going to talk uh, to Ryan coming up here as uh, we are uh, going to partner up with him uh, with, uh, with helping his son with a jambalaya fund- uh, fundraiser. He's trying to find uh, the undisclosed location. I love that. It's hard to find. I love that. You can't find it. You've got to watch the horse when the, when the sun comes up. He's not, uh, he doesn't really like the daylight <laughs> too much. He usually so he's, he's poking around in the tree. Time to look around in the yokes. <laughs> he's uh, he's probably back there behind the trees. Send a uh, he found it. Right. He found okay, all right, all right, it. all right, all right. Uh, so we'll talk to Ryan coming up here in a couple of minutes. Wilson Alexander going to check in as well 
here as uh, let's get in touch with Wilson. I should have called. In fact, I took a break to call Wilson. And we were just. Uh, we got so distracted. Yeah, we well, the weather just, must be I was nice. I how much I love TJ. Yeah, we were just listening. We were listening to Nick talk about how much he loves TJ Finley. <laughs> just couldn't stop. Hi. And you uh, can't stop me once I'm rolling. We're munching like on our snacks. Nice. Wilson, how are you, buddy? Granny. I'm good. How are you doing? Straight from Go Mart. Uh, Wilson Alexander joins us now from the Advocate. My 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 favorite read on a Monday morning is the uh, the three strikes, the three takeaways. From uh, from Alexander and the Advocate. If you follow LSU baseball, uh, if you are looking for the latest on LSU baseball, you must follow our next guest, Wilson Alexander, as uh, he joins us from uh, from the Advocate, and uh, he's helping us out with what what the hell happened over the weekend uh, in Knoxville as LSU drops three to the Volunteers, and they do so uh, in pretty emotional fashion. As uh, Alexander checks in from the Advocate this morning, Wilson, good morning, thank you. Hey, Jordy, how you doing? Doing good, uh, doing okay, man. Uh, the pitching staff let him down again. What was the uh, what was the, the the problem, the issue from your standpoint uh, that that LSU couldn't take away one win from Knoxville this weekend? Yeah, when it comes to the pitching, the biggest thing was free passes. They throw out a whole bunch of walks. They hit some batters, and you can't win baseball games doing that at the rate that they were doing it. Twenty three free passes in all. Uh, comparatively, Tennessee finished the series with eight. Uh, so LSU just gave, was giving Tennessee runners on base, and eventually that caught up to them. It was kind of surprising they were able to keep the score as close as they did, considering that um, they pitched around it at times. But uh, for example, in Game Two, they at Tennessee scored in one inning four runs on one hit because they, LSU was just giving them base runners. Uh, that was the biggest problem from the pitching staff standpoint there. Um, do, do they have the fix on staff? Do you see a remedy? For them to get right, because it seems like this is something that has haunted them all season long, and now here in SEC play, it's costing them. Yeah, I, I don't know. They, they sort of, you know, they have who they have at this point. Right. But we've seen them in the past be able to kind of work this stuff out. Um, I first year on the beat in 2019, they had a huge problem with walks at the beginning of the season. Now this was before conference play, but I remember that sweep against Texas, walk after walk after walk, and that was something that Alan Dunn really, you know worked with them on and they managed to kind of turn it around and at least you know make it not as much of an issue as it had been they started just kind of getting after it and throwing more strikes um so something it's something that the guys who they have on staff are just going to have to get better at doing because i mean you're seeing it from some of their top guys Jaden hill had i think four walks in that inning that i uh, mentioned mikhail hilliard had a couple um even landon marso was struggling with his command and he's usually so precise so part of it might just be something that happened this weekend um but it's really going to have to come from just who they already have. They're just going to have to start throwing strikes. Um, There's not really there's not really someone on the staff who we're not seeing is going to be able to come in there and fix it all. Hey, Wilson, this is Lloyd. Uh, I've been doing some, some sleuthing behind the scenes watching this Tiger team, and the one thing I've noticed is the lack of facial hair. Are we, uh, did Coach implement a clean shaven again? Are we back to the, back being a little strict? No, it, 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 you can actually see it on a couple guys this weekend. They're starting to grow it back out. Okay, um, it was, okay. all right, that's good news. They were, yeah, it was something that a few weeks ago, um, sort of a team-wide decision, uh, kind of led by Matthew Beck, um, who wanted them to lock in more. You know, they're the leader number eight there. Uh, going into SEC play, he knew how more important of a stretch it was. And, you know, Maneri sort of said that he was happy to see it because to him it showed some you know, dedication to what they're trying to accomplish together as a team. Um, so they shaved them before the start of the Mississippi State Series. But I could see, you know, some guys like I think Bianco, Hayden Dravinsky were starting 
to come back out a little bit this weekend. Yes. Perfect. Double. Hey, do you expect some fireworks at the first pulmonary show tonight? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I'm going to be interested to hear what some of the callers have to ask. We hear you, Wilson. Great take. <laughs> Wilson Alexander joining us here on the uh, on the Jordy Collada show, talking about uh, LSU baseball. And, and Wilson, I, I think that uh, the, the, the surprising part has to be the bullpen, right? Because it, or is it on the front line guys? Because I think the identity of the group going into the season was the strength in the front line, and then maybe the question marks in the bullpen. But they felt like they they were confident around the depth, right? I mean, where where is the storyline now after two SEC weekends? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. I mean, Jaden Hill has not been as quite as good as they needed him to be. He hasn't been you know terrible, but he's had a couple starts in there that just he hasn't been crisp and. You know, he, he's obviously not their number one starter now. Uh, that's Landon, and Landon's been better. And, and you know, he kind of went into the season thinking maybe Jaden could be, a, you know, a possible top five pick. And, you know, maybe he still could be, but he's got to get a lot better. Um, uh, he, he was still able to, you know, pitch pretty deep into the game against Mississippi State a couple weeks ago, but um, he struggled a little bit this weekend. And then there was obviously that start against Oral Roberts that sort of, you know, still sits in the back of your mind. Um, so he, he needs to tighten things up. And then in the bullpen, it's tough. they've started relying on so many of the freshmen who, you know, at the beginning of the season, that was like, okay, we have depth because we have all these freshmen. But this, the more experienced guys, they're not really getting the um, what they need from them at this point. I mean, Matthew Beck has been out with an injury. Trent Bittmeyer has kind of been in and out. He had a health issue for a little while, and he hasn't been pitching much recently uh, in games. And so they've gone to, they haven't had to use the bullpen too much, but when they do, it's Ty Floyd, freshman, Blake Money, freshman, Garrett Edwards, freshman, Will Helmers, freshman. And you see some talent in these guys. I mean, Floyd has an incredible fastball. Um, Helmers has really got great command usually when he's in there. And Edwards is pretty solid in the ninth at times. But, you know, you don't really want to have to rely on, you know, four or five freshmen there. Um, they need to get more from their seniors and their, you know, their veteran arms. Uh, Jeff Marson puts, uh, points out the uh, the weekend uh, walk ratio with 23 walks. He also hit a couple of batters in, in Game 3, and that's a concerning number, as you point out in, in your three strikes column or your three takeaway column uh, this morning at The Advocate. But, but Wilson, I, I would say that even maybe as concerning of a number would, would have to be the strikeouts over the week. I mean, they struck out 38 times this weekend at a rate of 11.5 per game. Um, what what did you make of the offensive woes? Yeah, that, that's something that you could kind of see could be a potential problem throughout the non-conference play at the beginning of the year, but they were getting away with it because they were just hitting so many bombs. And for a while, that was just exciting. I was like, wow, LSU leads the country in home run. But you could kind of tell that that could end, might end up being a problem, but power numbers dipped. And that's exactly what's happened here because usually what happens when a player or team is so reliant on home runs, they're going to have a pretty high strikeout number. And so they ended up hitting, a, you know, their only run in game one was a Gavin Dugat home run. Their comeback in game two was powered by home runs. One of their two runs in game three was a home, run, a solo home run. And they're not, when they're not hitting those with guys on base, they're not driving in enough runs. And so they stranded a whole bunch of runners on base. And their strikeout numbers, yeah, they are up to 226 this season, which is third most in the SEC behind Texas A&M and actually, ironically, Tennessee, which has 229. They kind of, they have to hit better in situations with runners on base. They were one thir- for thirteen with runners on base in Game Three, and so that's why they keep losing these really close games because they're just not manufacturing runs 
like they need to. What do you make of this midweek matchup tomorrow night? Do you do you take away anything from the weekend that you try to fix, or as Paul Maneri says, you know, each week during a, a midweek matchup that they're just trying to figure some things out going into the weekend? Yeah, they need to get on track. I mean, it's uh, you know they're about to face the number one team in the country that has two absolute buzzsaws and Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter at the front of its rotation, and they need to at least have the taste of a win in their you know mouths sure. before they have to go up against Vanderbilt. That's important. And they just seem kind of discombobulated right now. Um, the lineup's been a little bit in flux throughout the week, and they use three different center fielders. They tried a couple different guys at second base, a couple different guys at catcher. Try to find some sort of form of consistency um, going into that weekend series against Vanderbilt, and you can at least maybe start to try to find it in a South Alabama game. Wilson Alexander, great stuff, man. Make sure you read his work over at The Advocate. He's with Nolan News and The Advocate Baton, uh, Baton Rouge. He's on Twitter at uh, WHAlexander underscore is where you can find him uh, on social media. He's tagged on uh, on all of our posts that are going out on LSU Baseball. We'll make sure that we put his uh, his Twitter account out there and uh, make sure you are following him for the latest in LSU Baseball. Hopefully we can do this again and, and possibly make this a regular uh, event during the uh, during the season. We love your insight and covering the team. Thank you, uh, thank you for the time this morning. Absolutely, Jordy. Thanks for having me. Y'all have a great day. Yes, sir. There is uh, Wilson Alexander checking in from the Advocate this morning. As uh, LSU baseball seems like they're in a spot right now, they're in a tough spot. Maybe uh, a bit of a tailspin after uh, after the last weekend, and even some of the signs there that Alexander points out uh, that that you may be able to to see a little bit more clearly. Uh, or with uh, a little bit more clarity now uh, that you're in, in conference play that you were seeing in, in non-conference play that, that LSU was getting away with, maybe putting the lipstick on the pig of, of hitting home runs uh, and covering it up and, and kind of making it look a little bit better than it actually was uh, under, uh, under the current. We'll see uh, if they can get it right. South Alabama and then, as Wilson said. Vanderbilt couldn't come at the worst time. They're I mean, so dude, good. It's really the absolute worst team that you could be I mean, you're, you're staring one and eight in conference horrible. right in the face and she's looking right back at you i don't know if there's a better way to describe those top two guys in kumar rocker and lighter is buzz sauce yeah, i mean that's all it they is. are I mean, like intimidating to go up and face him from what lsu uh the, the the offensive output or lack of uh that they showed over the last week especially over the last three days uh definitely not what the doctor ordered uh for sure uh, coming up. All right, we're going to uh, we're going to take a little break here. We're going to reset and get ready for the last uh, fifteen minutes here, as uh, we are going to uh, invite in to the uh, the conversation uh, Henry Swallow's dad, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on and coming up here in the capital city. As uh, we're looking forward to helping out and uh, doing our part in the uh, the jambalaya fundraiser uh, and the uh, the blood drive that's coming up, uh, and it's all scheduled for May first. Uh, but Ryan Soulier, Swallow, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Henry, Get your votes in now. Uh, Henry has had two, uh, two bone marrow biopsies, a, uh, a genetic test to try to find out the cause and the treatment of his uh, anemia uh, that he was diagnosed with back in February of, uh, of 2020. Uh, and there is a, a fundraiser, a jambalaya event, a, a blood drive that is coming up that we're going to help you uh, get the information on and uh, and take part in uh, coming up here on the uh, on the Jordy Colada show. Uh, some of the stuff that we did not get to uh, over uh, over the last uh, over the last hour and a half uh, that we talked about here or that we wanted to talk about here is that the NFL is picking up a 17th game. That looks like that's going to happen. Alvin Kamara, I'm not a fan of that, as he tweeted out, "Shit, dumb as hell." 
uh, over the weekend. He Alvin is quick to the point. Song. Yep, it's just, just stupid. Doesn't make a lot of sense for him. Uh, doesn't make a lot of sense. But it, it was something that the uh, the owners had felt very passionate about. Coffee is ready, provided by Majestic every day here on the Jordy Colada Show. Uh, the NFL trade that we mentioned a little bit uh, in the front of uh, of today's show is uh, San Francisco moving into the top three. As this looks like the the quarterback selections here are going to be incredible. Trevor Lawrence looks like he's going number one. Zach Wilson had a pro day that they're comparing to Jamarcus's in 06 uh, over the weekend out in Provost um, from, from BYU. North Dakota State's Trey Lance looks like he's going to be a top pick. You've got Ohio State's Justin Fields, and maybe the buzz of the draft has been Mac Jones uh, of Alabama as uh, you know g- going into his, his junior season. Uh, you, you wondered where he would fit in Amongst some of the heavyweights of of, of I mean, quarterbacks, he is the heavyweight, and he is looking like a bag of milk. It is. I mean, just a a a bag of biscuits. I'm nervous for him that combine. <laughs> I mean, I'm nervous for him. When he he, he out looks there. like he looks like the biscuits that you crack and open <laughs> just kind of as soon as you just kind of catch the crease. Right before the pop, <laughs> it looks like <laughs> Mac Jones. You know what I mean? Right before the poof, looks like uh, looks like Mac, but. Max moving his way in. I waddling mean, his way he's to the top. waddling his way to the top. As he's walking into the front, he's walking into the top four. Excuse me, uh, savage. <laughs> squeeze through here. Yeah. Oh, oh no! Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. It's, very yeah. it's very doughy. It's very doughy. And then Marcus Lattimore, which my man Mark uh, Marshawn Lattimore, Marsh, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, looked like he was pulled over. Uh, while blasting a little marijuana, the eyes looked very, very red. Sleepy, <laughs> and, I mean, allegedly. 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 It just looks like he was ripping one, bro. <laughs> I mean, just, whoa, bro, cops, cops, cops. Oh, shit. Uh, um, we've been here for 15 minutes. <laughs> yes. Oh. Um, you rolled this window down. I'm not laughing at this. I'm not laughing at this. Uh, but Lattimore's in trouble. Uh, he was arrested Thursday night in his hometown for Cleve- of Cleveland, possessing a loaded handgun that was believed to be stolen According to, according to Cleveland police, according to court record, uh, records, uh, Lattimore has been charged with receiving stolen property, which is identified as a fourth-degree felony. Uh, bond was posted at five grand, and Lattimore is expected to re- uh, was expected to be released on Saturday morning uh, as he posted 10% of it. Uh, the case will next head to the grand jury to determine whether he will be formally indicted uh, Lattimore is one of the, uh, you know, it. I mean, look, he's one of the NFL's top corners. You know, contract year uh, with the Saints, uh, gone to three pro, pro Bowls, was the NFL def, uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year in 17 after being drafted out of the first round uh, by Ohio State. He's from the Cleveland area, uh, so he was up in his hometown. Uh, not what you want to see come across the newswire, of course, if you're Sean Payton, Mickey Loomis, and, and his employer, uh, but Lattimore... Uh, dealing with uh, more than 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 trying to get his contract right uh, going into next season, so we'll see uh, what the, the the fallout and the shakeout is uh, is going to be here. Going uh, uh, Jeff Marson, Lattimore's not in trouble. It's a fourth degree minor of offense. All right, all right, okay. take it. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, Jeff Marson is representing uh, is re- representing Marshawn Lattimore <laughs> or, 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 uh, or Lattimore here uh, this morning. Uh, all right, let's get right here. Let's reset. Yeah, that that mug shot is uh, not not a good look. Not a good, not a good look. Not a good look. Um, Talk right. about ruin your evening. Yes. I mean, he was having a good time, and obviously, it's... and then you know the long hand of the law comes after you. Swallow or Suye? Swallow. 
Swallow. Oh, what did I tell you? Swallow for the win. Yes. Look at that. How about that? We will set up and talk to our boy Ryan Swallow next here. Talking about little Hank and Henry and how we can help. Coming up here on the Jordy Collada Show. We'll close it out here. Coming up next, presented by Go Chevrolet. Go Chevrolet is under new management, but it's the same old familiar names that you know here from the area. Lee Carney and Nick Richard are up and running in Laplace, Louisiana, and they want you to stop in today. But if you can't, they'll make it easy for you. They'll come to you. Log online to GoChevrolet.com. That's G-E-A-U-X Chevrolet.com. Go Chevrolet is conveniently located on Airline Highway in Laplace, Louisiana. Shop all the inventory, whether it's new or pre-owned at GoChevrolet.com. That's G-E-A-U-X Chevrolet.com. Dr. James Johnson and Dr. Chad Spillers of Johnson and Spillers Dentistry with two locations, one in Gonzales and one in Baton Rouge between Segan Lane and Blue Bonnet, offer everything from ceramic crowns to pediatric dentistry, dental cleanings, Botox, extractions. They're online at johnsonspillers.com. Located in Gonzales and in Baton Rouge, seeing both new patients and existing patients, log online to johnsonspillers.com. If you missed the show, you can always check out our podcast brought to you by RMB Builders on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else you can listen to podcasts. It may be the last week of Women's History Month, but the Grit Iron Show with Whitney Bro isn't going anywhere. An all-new episode is now streaming on YouTube and podcast platforms featuring Dr. Lakeitha Poole, Director of Sports Psychology and Counseling for LSU Athletics. We talked with Dr. Poole about the power of flexing your mind if you want to be the best. Don't miss an episode of The Grit Iron Show by subscribing now and follow us on social media at Grit Iron Show. Welcome back here to the Jordy Collada Show, daily brought to you by RMB Builders. That's where you can find our podcast, or where you can find our podcast, compliments of RMB Builders. And wherever you catch your podcast at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, we're there. Uh, and we're brought to you by RMB Builders. 921-7062 online, rmb-builders.com, customized home, reconstruction on the home that you're in. If you need some commercial work done, they are licensed in the commercial space. Online, rmb-builders.com. And uh, they should be freed up as uh, Katie's project days coming to be, an end. It should be done by the end yes. of this week. Excellent. We will have photos. Can the uh, can the construction trade of Baton Rouge have their workforce back, know, for God's right? sakes, please? They've all been in my house. Sheesh. Sheesh. They've all been in my house. My God. They're amazing. Work has been stopped around the, uh, the 225 <laughs> here. i got other projects in mind. I'm like, Rhett, can you take a look at this? No, no, no look, uh, yeah. I got a thing. I got a thing. You like that? Uh, it's more like David's like, no. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, for God's sakes, he's got a night job. Um, okay, okay, so coming up uh, tomorrow, remember, every Tuesday, Frank Wilson here on, uh, on the Jordy Collada Show. We'll ask him how he used uh, his bye week to get ready for, uh, for Lindsey Scott Jr. and the, uh, the Nichols offense, who are putting up numbers and points at a, uh, a record-setting 
uh, rate down in Thibodeau, Louisiana. Also want to talk about Howard Snellenberger, who passed away over the weekend, and what he meant to uh, college football and what he meant to LSU. Skip Bertman, little tie there uh, in the early 80s. Uh, but want to turn our attention now to a, uh, to, to, a, to a parent's nightmare when I heard the story. Um, and, and anything around our children, um, if you're a parent out there, you can relate to any news uh, concerning your child that, that, is, that is about the health, the wellness, uh, or anything that, that, that is concerning our children. Uh, any, any negative news is the worst news. Uh, and, and Ryan Soulier, or Swallow, Sorry, buddy. <laughs> I had it, I had it right all morning. Called your shot. Had it right all morning, and then face-to-face, I mispronounced. I'm sorry about that. Ryan, Ryan Swallow, his son Henry, uh, about a year and a half ago, um, was, um, was diagnosed with a plastic anemia, and uh, he has been fighting that with, uh, up at Our Lady of the Lake Children's Hospital uh, since that time, and he is in our studio now to tell us a little bit about uh, Henry's fight and uh, how we can help up with a jambalaya fundraiser uh, and a blood drive coming up on uh, on May first, which we're fired up about. Welcome to the Thank studio. You. Thank it's good to see you. Um, tell us first off about the event. What's coming up um, and and how our listeners and how our uh, our audience can help out and be involved. Okay. Well, uh, so it's a blood drive on May first. I have to. That's all good. Take your time. Buddy. Yeah. Take so your time. It's uh, going to be across from Our Lady Lake Main Campus. Uh-huh. On, um, it's actually going to be at Baton Rouge Cardiology Center. It's on Brittany Avenue. Uh, okay. So it's right across. I don't have the exact. Uh, but it's it's near the Our Lady of the Lake yes. Campus right here. Yeah. Right here on Essen Lane. Yep. Um, so, I mean, if you're familiar with Baton Rouge, Essen Lane, Our Lady of the Lake, the main campus, which sits uh, right on Essen near the interstate, I-10, uh, and then the the new area which they developed, which they dug and and created a road yeah, for right. right there on Essen Lane uh, to the Our Lady of the Lake Children's Hospital coming up on May first. Uh, there is going to be a blood drive and a jambalaya fundraiser um, to to help out Henry's fight um, in, in what what he is dealing with right now uh, in a plastic anemia. Explain uh, explain the the event and 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 the the disease that that Henry is fighting. Okay, so the event, like I said, we're just um, going to be selling jambalaya before and at the event, and uh, um, people are just going to be donating blood for, or basically that's that's what the event is. It's just going to be like we're selling jambalaya pre, pre-sale and um, at, at the place. We're going to be making more, so whatever we sell pre, we're going to be making double, so people just come, get right. blood, and they just want to buy jambalaya tickets there. All day? Take, from ten to, I think one thirty. I think it might be three thirty. Okay, I mean, 10 and to 3:30. as we get that information, we will be promoting yes. that on our social media site. So we'll be keeping you up to date. What's going on there? So where everybody can get yeah. involved. So as far as the dates, times, when, where, uh, don't worry about that stuff. We'll get you all that information. Just come follow the Colada Show on all social media: Facebook, Twitter, and we'll have uh, Ryan in the, uh, the 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 information uh, updated. Um, I, I'm curious about your your experience with Our Lady of the Lake Children's Hospital because I think it is a um, it, it is a great facility for our city, yeah. um, but is one of those facilities if you're a parent that you never want to step foot in. Um, you have been over there for the last uh, over a year, um, and and your experience and in, in what you talk about it seems like very um, very glowing, even though that you're dealing. With, with such a, a, a terrible news from, from yeah. your standpoint. Can you, expre- can you explain that? 
Yeah, so the the children's hospital when whenever it first whenever he first got sick, they had only been open for about a few months. So we get there and it's it like you said it's it's the worst cuz you don't want to be there. Yeah. But the staff and the facilities it, everything's new. Everything's just comfortable. I mean, they make you feel there to have uh, big screen TVs in the room and everyone is they just they they try to make it so you don't have to really, I guess, worry. You know what I mean? Like, everything's taken care of. Yeah. Um, so you just have to focus on your child. Yeah. Um, but when he got sick, he has the uh, this outlet monitor um, that measures heart rate and oxygen. And he was only six weeks old. And they, uh, my wife called me. And she was like, hey, is it's going off. It's two fifty. So I'm heading to the hospital. I said, okay, baby, you know, I'll, I'll meet you over there. And we get there, and this is February 2020, so before COVID hit. Wow. And the so the um, emergency room was actually pretty full. So you walked in, and like we walked in. There's three people ahead of us. We sign in, and before I even finished signing the paperwork, they walked down. They're like, hey, y'all, y'all need to come. So they pulled us back, and. Um, we were in the ER triage for six hours before we got into the PQ, which is the pediatric ICU unit. And uh, yeah, his his uh, um, his hemoglobin after two transfusions, they found his hemoglobin was five point four. Which, uh, come to find out, they our doctor said he was like, "Hey, if we wouldn't have caught this now, in like two days, he would have died." So. Wow, wow, man. Um... What what a scary scenario! But the right people that you have around your child is, I, I can't I can't imagine uh, what this last year and a half has been like uh, to be a parent and dealing with that. So, however, we can help uh, at the Jordy Colada Show. Okay. Um, our 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 social media is 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 our strength to you, I believe, in just trying to tell the masses of what we do in this this outlet and this platform or whatever we can provide to tell the people on how they can help. Uh, Henry, your family has uh, ha- has open access here, so we appreciate you for reaching out to us. Yeah, well, uh, th- thank you for uh, letting me come on here. No yes. problem at all. No problem at all. Um, we will, uh, Randy Lanois, who is uh, the godfather of our show and uh, uh, somebody who I am uh, very close with and means a lot to me, uh, just wrote that uh, Jory, the, the, the Lanois will donate $1,000 to the fundraiser and we'll donate oh, blood sure. and, and oh, pray for the little man. Nice. Yeah, man. So um, we got good people out there that are listening and a part of this show. So we appreciate Mr. Randy and the Lanois. Uh, we will get him the link. Uh, and if you want to uh, to help out uh, and be a part of this, we will uh, we will be promoting this until May first, and yes. then anything after that uh, that we can uh, we can do to help out as well. Uh, the Jordy Colada show is in, my man. Awesome. Send our best it. to uh, so send our best to Henry, yes. to your family, to your wife. Uh, to everybody that is fighting this, and uh, we were praying for you. We were with you, and uh, we're going to make May 1st huge. Yes, sir. I yes, sir. It. Yes, sir. There's, uh, there's Ryan Soulier, uh Swallow. you got to be kidding me, man. <laughs> oh, my God. you got to be kidding me, man. Ryan Swallow. Well, nobody's going to forget it now. Uh, yes, uh, or as he's known on the, uh, on the Jory Colada show, Henry's dad, uh, <laughs> is, uh, is here. Uh, we appreciate the Lanois. Thank you, Mr. Randy, so much, man. He is the best. Yes, sir. Thank the absolute you. best. Uh, we'll be back and close out the show next here on, uh, on the Jordy Claude show presented by Go Chevrolet. Can you be assured that the air and surfaces in your home are clean, sanitized, and safe for you and your entire family? You can now by logging on to Valera.com backslash Jordy Collada, where you, 
Your home, your office, your family can be protected 24-7 with Active Pure technology. This NASA-based science has proven 99.9% reduction of airborne SARS-2 and COVID-19 virus in just three minutes. Log on now to Valera.com backslash Jordi Collada. Have a late night and can't make it for the Jordi Collada show at 7 a.m.? No worries. Catch us on demand on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. It may be the last week of Women's History Month, but the Grit Iron Show with Whitney Bro isn't going anywhere. An all-new episode is now streaming on YouTube and podcast platforms featuring Dr. Lakeitha Poole, Director of Sports Psychology and Counseling for LSU Athletics. We talked with Dr. Poole about the power of flexing your mind if you want to be the best. Don't miss an episode of The Grit Iron Show by subscribing now and follow us on social media at Grit Iron Show. Welcome back here to the Jordy Collada Show. Good friends, uh, Ryan Swallow and the crew here as we will get out a GoFundMe link here from the Jordy Collada Show. We'll also have all the information about the May 1st event coming up that we will be a part of and some things that we're talking about off the air and promoting down the line. Let's go to uh, no telling where my next guest is. He's all over the world. Uh, I know my man Bob Iback is from Chicago. He sounds Chicago. He feels Chicago. In fact, he was the former SID for the Chicago Cubs. But as always, when we hear from Bob, he's got great opportunities. He has uh, got great things from a regional standpoint. And with the latest news on Drew Brees, uh, as, uh, as, as Bob's got great opportunity with some footballs with, uh, which will commemorate Brees uh, with everything going to Team Gleason. Uh, Team Gleason. Bobby, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, Jordy. Yes. Nice to be with you. Let's get ready to leave baby. Florida. I've been down here at spring training. My son, uh, Kevin, is the pro scouting director with the Tampa Bay Rays, so I got a chance to see some exhibition baseball. I get a chance to see my kid. And I've uh, been working with uh, Drew Brees and the uh, the team Gleason on this project for the last week. And uh, 
Uh, I've got something that fans are going to want to going to want to get. It's a makes a great great Father's Day or Mother's Day gift. It is a limited edition full size Rawlings football that salutes Drew Brees' great career with the Saints. It benefits Team Gleason, as most folks know. Uh, Steve Gleason and his wife have uh, been uh, uh, working uh, for years now on the programs with ALS, which Steve is inflicted with, and we hope to raise thousands of dollars for that foundation. Now, in a moment, I'll give out a toll-free number and a website how you can go ahead and get these footballs. We only we start out with, uh, oh gosh, 2,021 of them, and uh, they're beautiful. We're down to like less than 200. So I do urge people when I give this phone number and website out, you're going to want to get it today because it will sell out, I'm sure, by sundown. Uh, the footballs are full size. They're fully embossed. They have all the information and uh, embossment on each of the panels. Uh, they're only $99 each. They come with a numbered certificate of authenticity. Uh, everything is officially licensed. What you'll get on the top panel is an action image of uh, Drew Brees in color his career highlights, and his NFL records. Then uh, the second panel has the Saints helmet logo, his number nine jersey number, and his career stats all listed there. And then the last panel has stadium history for the Superdome, which has been their uh, home for the last 44 years. Saints logo and Saints franchise history going back to their first season in 1967 and includes that. 2009 Super Bowl championship. So you get all this information on this one-of-a-kind football. It's not being sold anywhere else. Makes a great Father's Day or Mother's Day gift idea. Here's how you can order it. Write it down because these will be sold out by sundown tonight. We've got about 200 left in the collection of 2021. It's toll-free, 1-800-345-2868. That's one 800 Three four five twenty eight sixty eight. If you can't get through the phone lines, don't worry. You can go right to the website. You can see it there and order it. NikoSports.com. You spell it N-I-K-C-O Sports.com. And Jordy, that number again is 1-800-345-2868. And I'm very happy to say, and uh, winding things up here, that we've raised over $3 million now. For charities just in the last four or five years, and I know you and your audience and folks in your area have been a big, big part of that. Bob Iback, who is uh, you, the uh, the website is fantastic, and he mentioned the phone number one eight hundred three four five twenty eight sixty eight to get that uh, to get that that Drew Brees commemorative football today. Only two hundred left, and uh, Bob yeah. is uh, is great to hear from you. Thank you, uh, thank you for the time, man. Well, listen, it's always a pleasure, Jordy. You have a wonderful day, and I hope that by the end of the day we can announce a sellout. Like I said, order now because these will be gone, I believe, by the end of the day. We started it last week, and they have been, you know, it's been, we got a great response off the show. So I hope everybody joins in and uh, we can sell this out. Yes, sir. And we'll be looking for our football in the mail for the set, Bob. Is that right? That's right. <laughs> yes, sir. Absolutely. You demand. Thank you, Bob. Uh, all right, Jordy, you have a good one now. All right, man. Bob, I back. 
just scream Chicago. Doesn't he feel like a Chicago style pizza? What a, what a radio voice too. <laughs> he, does. he does. That man is a salesman. If um, I've ever heard one. What a just. You have no choice but to buy a ball. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is uh, that is Drew Brees. Uh, the Dr- Drew Brees commemorative issue. Uh, good stuff. Closing out today's show with uh, with Ryan Swallow talking about uh, Henry Swallow and how uh, the uh, the stuff coming up uh, with the fundraiser and the uh, the blood drive. Uh, the $1,000 donated by Randy Lanois. Thank you very much. We are getting the link to the GoFundMe. I posted uh, it in there in the bunker. Absolutely. It is, pos- it is posted inside of the uh, the bunker right now. We will have it up on social media. We will also have details on the events coming up on May 1st. Uh, we'll have a spot running daily here on the Jordy Colada Show reminding uh, you on uh, on how, how we can help out. Let's get behind little Hank, man. Let's get this done for him coming up on May 1st. As uh, we'll help him out with the uh, the, the blood drive and uh, go pick up our jambalaya dinners uh, over there at the Our Lady of the Lake campus. Uh, good stuff with John Brady this morning, talking a lot of basketball, getting you set for the Elite Eight, which games crank up this afternoon. Don't forget about the big one on the uh, on the women's hardwood when you're talking about UConn and Baylor. Uh, our favorite coach Kim Mulkey and the Baylor Bears tipping it off this afternoon versus Gino Ariema and uh, and the UConn ladies and Paige Beckers. That'll be a phenomenal basketball matchup this afternoon so we'll have a ton to get to tomorrow on the Jordy Colada show uh Frank Wilson will be here talking some football uh the grit iron show coming up today on the Jordy Colada show uh YouTube page remember the latest from Whitney Abby and the grit iron crew make sure you are following them on all of their social media platforms yeah, it'll be on the grit iron show YouTube page the YouTube page the uh the grit iron show YouTube page which I hope everybody is be uh is subscribed to uh, up to this point. So John Brady this morning, Wilson Alexander was fantastic, talking LSU basketball, uh, LSU baseball, excuse me. Uh, Derek Stingley Sr. was here talking LSU football and the latest on the Tigers on the practice field. Uh, Ryan Swallow and the crew uh, closing us out today with uh, with everything going on with Henry. So lots to get to tomorrow. Enjoy your Monday. Should be a beautiful day out there. Uh, check out the podcast brought to you by RNB. Uh, we're back with you tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., right here on uh, Jordy Colada Show.